I'll give you results that'll skyrocket your stock price. In the most advanced research facility in the world. Wow. Beneath its glassy surface, a world of gliding monsters. A team of specialists is working against the clock. Did someone order the fish? On an experiment to benefit mankind. Sharks never show any loss of brain activity as they age. We're this close to the reactivation of human brain cells. Before they can save millions of lives. Tell me I didn't see that. They recognize that gun. It's impossible. Sharks do not swim backwards. They can't. They'll have to find a way to save their own. What the hell did you do to those sharks? Did you feel something? Jim and I use gene therapies to increase their brain mass. What is that? As a side effect, the sharks got smarter. Somebody, please, tell me what that is.
deepest bluest my hat is like a shark fin deepest bluest my hat is like a shark fin deepest bluest my hat is like a shark's fin oh yeah what up everybody welcome to another episode of dawn of the horror cast this is your host alex with me today is my friend Britt, who i've been planning on having on the show for a long time to talk about deep blue sea and we finally arranged a time to talk about deep blue sea to end my aquatic creatures that will murder you series for the summer this is the series finale of that and welcome to the show Britt. thank you thank you we've definitely this is one of our all-time favorites and i am excited to talk about it save the best for last oh yes for sure that movie is definitely something yes it is before we get into deep blue sea though I understand that you saw the new Barbie, and honestly, I've heard some, you know, like generic reviews about how it sucks because it, <laughs> it, it hates men and all this stuff. But then all, all like the the women are like, no, it's not about that at all. <laughs> but all, but but all like the angry macho men are saying that it declared war on men, this movie, and I want to know how you feel about it. Oh, yeah, I can definitely understand why some people who are a little, you know, maybe not so secure with themselves would think that. I mean, you know me, I am a longtime Barbie collector. I had a bunch of them in my room and stuff in the Lansdale house, and I collect mostly like pop culture dolls. I had the Munsters and Adam's family and like Bewitched and all that. So as soon as I even heard that they were making it, I was so excited to see it. I have seen it twice. And honestly, the second time hit even harder. I liked it even better. So it definitely was not what I thought it was going to be. A lot of the comments that I'm seeing on like Instagram and other stuff is that the marketing didn't tell the plot of the movie. And people are all like surprised with what it was. Um, I think that is true that the marketing didn't have, it did not reveal anything about, you know, the plot. So I can see why some people were pretty, pretty surprised. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to give too much away. So maybe uh, it might be a tiny bit of a spoiler, but I knew before even watching it that like it was going to have to do with Barbie land versus the real world. I knew that that was going to be some part of it, but I didn't know exactly what, and that's definitely what it was, but there is a complete other level. Basically, you know, everything is perfect in doll world. And then Barbie kind of has herself an existential crisis a little bit and ends up in the real world. And they kind of see that everything is reversed. You know, they're saying that Barbie back in the day, you know, was the first toy when she came out in the sixties, she was the very first toy that was made to be a doll of a woman and not a doll of a baby doll. And basically girls used to play with baby dolls so they could prepare themselves for their role in being mothers and motherhood. And then when Barbie came out, it was this doll where you can have a career, you could be an astronaut or you can be anything you want to be. And, um, Some people are pissed (laughs) that women Mm -hmm. are reclaiming that, I guess. Um, You know, there's a lot of other 
commentary about the doll throughout her history that like you know barbie's body is ridiculous and unattainable <laughs> so that's why she's bad but they they do address that in the movie and stuff like that and basically um you know in the beginning barbie is hanging out with all her barbie friends and there's no room for ken and he kind of like takes over and takes all the girls stuff away and uh in the end it's kind of like hey we should we should be equal men and women but i just don't think that people see it like that they see it as women complaining the entire time that they should be equal to men which it's it's interesting that you said like a barbie is like a doll because barbies are are much smaller than your like regular doll i would consider like a barbie more like a doll slash action figure for girls yeah yeah i mean definitely that's kind of what it was meant to be you know like where boys have their little action figure play set same thing with the barbie i guess yeah yeah so you know that toy was supposed to be really groundbreaking and it was um but uh yeah what you said what you said about um the body what do you mean like how she's like looks like yeah. a playboy like a playboy model naked or something yeah like she has <laughs> the, they they've done things where like if if barbie was an actual real person she would be like eight feet tall her legs would be like super twice as long as a normal person and her waist would be like really tiny basically they they took the doll and blew it up to life size and they were like if she was real she would never exist like this so you know, some people argue that, you know, Barbie is a stereotype for like a perfect pinup woman yeah. and that a lot of people can't achieve that. So it gives people like body issues and stuff like, you know, Barbie is under attack. It's just a toy. It, but, you know, <laughs> every, people always have something to say about something. Yeah, yeah I, saw, I saw a funny video meme of uh, because apparently, you know, that I wouldn't even say Republican more right than a republican ben shapiro the guy yeah yeah threatened by women yeah and he's like frowning in front of the the sign yeah he he's he's very upset about this movie yeah and i saw i saw this funny video meme i was trying to look for it but i couldn't find it again it was what's his name from workaholics who's also in righteous gemstones now what's his adam was Adam. adam Levine, Adam yes. Levine. Yeah. <laughs> There's a video of him from uh, Workaholics, and he's like scream crying, and and the two other guys are trying to calm him down, <laughs> and it says this was Ben Shapiro watching watching Barbie. Basically, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I feel bad. Like I don't want to reveal too much, giving it away, but basically, Barbie the movie calls out the patriarchy. That's it, and that's all. At one point, you know, she goes into Mattel's corporate office, and there's men who are the only people who work there and they are the ones designing the Barbie (laughs) dolls and stuff. And she's like, you don't have any women who work here. And you know, they don't period. They just don't. And that is how it is. Like, that's funny. So people don't, people don't like it. I, 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 when I saw the trailer for it, I thought it was just going to be like a parody of itself. Sort of like, um, like the Brady Bunch movie kind of gave me that kind of a vibe. (laughs) I would just thought it was going to be like pink paradise and fun, which it is in the beginning. Honestly, my favorite parts of a lot of it is like just the first like 
five to 10 minutes where they're in Barbie land and there's no conflict. Like I could really just watch an entire 90 minutes of that. Like, I don't, I'm always been like that with some movies though. Like just give me the beginning where shit's good. And uh, you know, I'll end it there, but you know, it obviously doesn't stay like that, but it is very, you know, personally why I liked it so much is because there seemed to be a lot of references to old Hollywood. One of my absolute favorite parts of it was the transition between the real world and Barbie land. They have to, you know, take a roller skate, a bike, a snowblower, and it's all um, like one shot directly across panning. It's all 2D, just like, you know, in the old Hollywood sound stages. It was a definite, definite, um, you know, smart film in that way and she made a lot of references to just like classic golden age of cinema and a lot of um, all of it was hand painted the whole set you know the design of it um lots of people are saying there's lots and lots of references to wizard of oz which is the one of the director's favorite movies so that was my favorite part about it you know the message was completely fine with me i don't have any objection to any of it but that wasn't like why I loved it so much for me, oh, it was yeah. like purely visual and stuff like that. Yeah, it does. It does look like a visually striking film. Um, yes. Now, did you? One of the times that you saw it was it was it a double feature with Oppenheimer? Yes, I did do that, which I cannot believe I made it through a whole day of five hours of movies. But uh, so, what movie played first? Barbie, we, we saw first, then had like a little lunch break, walk around the mall, and then strapped in for three hours of Oppenheimer. Which... I think they should they should have done Oppenheimer first. <laughs> you know, something like more like you know, not as uppity. It's more like like the down. You're like you know, it's just like a dark movie because it's about you know the atomic bomb and super serious. It All was. right, so so we get the serious movie. Likely at the end, Japan got nuked, right? Maybe. I don't know. I never saw it. And then after that, they're like, oh, wow, that, that was a lot. Nah, at least we get to laugh afterwards, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Following with Barbie would definitely lighten it up afterwards. For yeah. Sure. Like Barbie Barbie first. It's like, you're, you know, you're taking a downer and now you're ta- uh, no, you're taking an upper and now you're taking <laughs> it's a downer. just like one downward slide the whole day. Yeah. Yeah. And then it should have been down first and went up. But yeah, I'd, I had more interest in seeing the Barbie movie than Oppenheimer. I asked yeah. Janina if she wanted to go see it with me last week. I was like, if you want to see the Barbie movie this week? I've just been really itching to go to the movies. Aww. And, and um, I was like, I just want to know what the fuss is all about. I want to see it for myself. I want to know what everyone else is saying. Uh, like, yeah. know what I want to know what everyone is talking about. And she's like, I, I, well, I was waiting for my mom to come back from Texas so, because Michelle B and my mom are going to see it. And I was like, all right, fine. We'll, we'll see something else. So I'm good. I think we're going to see Meg 2 tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yeah, Haunted Mansion is still on my list. I heard that it was, like, not the greatest, but I still want to see it because I'm, like, a Disney person and I like the parks and the, the I, I, wa- I want to see the new Haunted Mansion too. I heard, I, yeah, I heard it's kind of lousy. But yeah. we went to Disney recently in January and we went on the Haunted Mansion ride. Totally. I, it was so it was so cool. I loved yeah. it so much. 
Yeah, I, I, that, that I, might be my favorite ride at Disney. Totally, dude. If it's not, sorry to hear. Honestly, that is the best one. My friend saw it in 4DX. Uh, I don't what know if you have theaters. That? So I don't have any theaters that offer that nearby, but they said that it's kind of like, like the chairs shake. Oh, and, really? And That's rumble. crazy. I know it is cool. So they live out in like central PA where I went to college. So I don't have any theaters like that near me, but I might try to look into it. She said, I mean, she was like, listen, the movie isn't my favorite, even though she like also loves haunted mansion and Disney and stuff like that. But she said seeing it in 4DX was like one of the funniest experiences <laughs> like ever. So, uh, but I would like to see that uh, for sure. There's a lot of good stuff coming out lately for like, I'm excited. This finally feels like, um, you know, movies are back, which, you know, it's kind of sad that the whole writer strike is going on and uh, yeah, going to yeah. be bringing stuff to a halt. But um yeah and i'm glad to hear that you want to see the barbie movie too because like this really is just such a moment in pop culture and i'm so happy that my girl is having her moment and um you know whether you love it or not like i think it's worth there's gonna be a lot of halloween costumes this year yes yes there are yeah (laughs) but it's okay i'm I'm here for that too (laughs) (laughs) i heard that it beat the dark knight Dark Knight held the crown for 15 years. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I knew that was going to happen. But yeah, like you said, that it seems like movies are booming again. Yeah. I I think Oppenheimer and Barbie probably did a lot for the economy in that in that area. Like, yeah, I saw like cinema economy. Absolutely. I saw a tweet and it was like. I love how it's not Oppenheimer versus Barbie, but it's Oppenheimer and Barbie. And that just feels like the world is healing a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The match made in hell. Those, <laughs> kind of. Those two. Anything else you've seen recently? Um, really, I'm just hot on those two. Maybe some other stuff that I was watching at home, but uh, it's not. <laughs> I watch Renfield, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what did yes. you think of it? Um, it was, it was okay. It was good. Like, but I probably like wouldn't watch it again and again. I saw it twice. I like it. Really? You know what it, it yeah. You know what it kind of reminds me of? Huh. Kind of reminded me of uh kick-ass a little bit. I, I got those vibes from it. I did. Yeah. Yes. Where it was like, it was like mostly a comedy, but the violence was enough to uh, yes. be like, yeah, this is, I don't think like a normal, like. If you're just a fan of comedy, I don't know, and you don't like violence, you probably wouldn't like uh, Redfield, maybe. It was, I don't know. It, it was lighthearted violence. <laughs> but it was graphic, though. No, it was. The the uh, dinner plate murder. He, like, cuts his guy's hands off with them. Oh, uh, I, I don't remember that, but there was a lot of, like, there was a lot of like one against like 50 and like quick kills and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that yes. movie was, that movie was crazy. Nicholas Cage as Dracula was the man. He was yes, the man. He was. I like, I really, I liked that. I loved, I loved it. Yeah. Nick Cage is, Nick Cage is all right. People love him or hate him. I'm okay with the guy. I don't like the guy. I don't hate the guy. That's how I feel about him. 
Yeah. Yeah. If if I if I knew him personally, I don't know if I'd be friends with him. But um, I like the the movies that he's in. What's that? He might be a little strange, a little bit. Yeah, they all are. Yeah. But that's a whole other topic. Yeah, you've heard you've heard me bitch and moan about Hollywood. So, well, we'll keep we'll keep that. Another time. We'll save that for another day. (laughs) Yes. Um, I've been on, you know, since watching Deep Blue Sea, I've been on kind of a late '90s, early 2000s kick now. This this morning I saw The Haunting. With I Catherine love that Gita movie. Jones. I love the haunting. I love it. <laughs> Eleanor. Yeah, I love. I love the haunting. Yeah. I remember when I was like 13 years old, and that movie came out. I was so pumped to see it. Me too. And it was kind of disappointing when I saw it. Owen Wilson was the only person that you know got killed in the movie. The fire. <laughs> but. I have seen that movie like 200 times. I watched it over and over and over again as a kid. I was probably a little bit younger than you when it came out. I know that all the adults thought it was a little bit hokey, but I definitely watched The Haunting a bajillion times. And I feel like it kind of had a little bit of a moment because I'm pretty sure Scary Movie 2 almost completely parodies that movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not alone. Like, people watched that movie. <laughs> the, the, the refrigerator scene, right? That was in Scary Movie 2. She's like, she knows. Your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so much, so much of it. Um, wait, oh, wait, wait. I was, wait, I was thinking of What Lies Beneath. That was what lies beneath. We're talking about the haunting. Yes. Like the whole plot of Scary Movie 2, it's like they're all going to a haunted mansion place where they are part of some study, which is exactly what the haunting was. And like there's just like some direct scenes from it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It was exactly the haunting. Yes. like the premise was the haunting. Yes, like the main <laughs> bones of the plot of Scary Movie Two. So again, I wasn't alone. People watched that movie, okay? But I, I love the haunting. It's so, it is bad. It, it is. The the, <laughs> the CGI is like almost like comical. It's like cartoony. I'm hoping one day yeah. people in our era will look back at that and feel like immense nostalgia. That's what I felt. Nostalgia watching it today. Bad, I did. Bad CGI. It's nostalgic. Yeah. <laughs> and I also saw recently, I told you, I saw like maybe a month ago, Lake Placid. That was another one I was kind of disappointed with when I first saw it and I saw it again. I'm like, yes, this movie's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's more of a comedy. You just got to look at it as a as a comedy and not like, a horror movie first and it, like, you'll enjoy it they're playing soccer with his head <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a great that lake placid is great and i d- didn't finish it yet. i turned it off midway because we're recording but i was also watching what lies beneath why i got the two mixed up because i was having <laughs> a the haunting and what lies beneath double feature going on today nice I could honestly, I could watch both of those after this. Maybe, maybe I will. Have you seen What Lies Beneath? Yes. So 
that was not one that I watched a lot as a younger person. I definitely, definitely remember that one at the video store with like entire walls of the VHS and DVD to rent. And I saw it at a fucking summer camp sleepover night. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know who approved that because it was definitely like teenage, longer teenage kids, but we watched that on the scary movie night. So I definitely remember that. Obviously the cover of that movie was super iconic with the tub and the hand gripping over um, that's like burnt in my brain. But uh, I'm not as like well-versed in that one. And and Harrison Ford was evil in it. Which I like a twist like that. Yeah, that that was a twist. I actually did not see coming when I was, when I saw it in the theater. I, I was so that that movie scared the shit out of me when I saw it. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm serious. Like I was so scared during that movie. There, and there was a there was a good amount of people in there. And when she's trying to escape and she thinks she's free and she's driving the car and it turns out that Harrison Ford was in the back seat. I remember I screamed in the theater. It is scary. I, <laughs> I screamed in the theater when that happened. I was terrified. I was fucking terrified. And then when my when my friend's mom dropped me off at my house after the movie, I I I was so afraid to enter the garage to cut through the, <laughs> to, cut, to cut through the garage to get in my house. And so I just ran through the garage and I slammed the door open and the doorknob hit the wall and my mom's like, What the hell was that all about? <laughs> I mean, that's a sign of a good movie. I have definitely given myself the spooks like that. <laughs> so I guess that is one that will not be playing at a Harrison Ford movie club. But Dude, the Harrison Ford movie club. Yeah. <laughs> we both went, me and Britt both went to the same middle school. And on Fridays, they had clubs. I'm sure a lot of middle schools did this. The last period, I guess, you know, it was supposed to be like study hall or whatever on Fridays. Yep. You, yep, can jo- exactly. you can join, you can join a club. And I was in the Harrison Ford movie club, and the only two movies that ever played was the Fugitive, um, the Fugitive, and uh, Air Force One. I think. <laughs> yep, dude. So like when I signed up for that, it was just movie club. It didn't say Harrison Ford, which I find so funny. That, like, that guy, like, I get there on the club that day, and he stands up, and he's like, all right, welcome to Harrison Ford Movie Club. (laughs) (laughs) It was so weird. Like, can you imagine a Harrison Ford Movie Club now? Like, no kids would even know who he is, I'm pretty sure. seriously, what? Well, also, so, like, when I was a kid, um, one of my neighbors, like, I used to hang out with a lot, their family was super into movies and Star Trek and parodies and Star Wars and all kinds of stuff. And so they really, really loved the movie Wrongfully Accused with Leslie Nielsen. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which I... 
I would watch that all the time with them at their house. And I had no idea that it, that entire movie was a parody of The Fugitive. So, but I loved Wrongfully Accused. I thought it was so funny because Nielsen, how could you not, right? So then I'm like getting to Harrison Ford Movie Club and I'm watching The Fugitive for the first time. And I'm like realizing that this is like really what Wrongfully Accused is. Uh, so that was fun <laughs> to watch backwards, I guess. <laughs> I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. <laughs> and he jumps and he jumps into the river and like the next scene wasn't he like completely dry or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what my best memory from before we get into Deep Blue Sea, my favorite memory of the Harrison Ford movie club was. So I have this old friend named Craig. Britt knows who oh. Craig is. <laughs> <laughs> and he was in the Harrison Ford movie club. Hey, Craig. And, and um, we had another friend in the club. And Craig was insisting on talking to our friend. And then the teacher told everybody to sit down. So he, the teacher told Craig to sit down. But there was no desk near him. So Craig was like, it's okay. I'll just sit on the floor. <laughs> and the teacher's like, no, you sit at a desk. And Craig's like, no, it's okay. I'll sit on the floor. So we went back and forth. And then the teacher was like, you're not going to be in this club. Get out right now. So <laughs> Craig almost, he tried to refuse to leave, too. He tried to refuse to leave and just sit in protest. I'm but he finally, he finally got removed, and they stuck him in a Bible club. <laughs> That'll teach you next time about sitting on the floor. <laughs> You're gonna have to read the good book. If you read that. <laughs> I'm surprised I even allowed that since it's a public school. Yeah, really. <laughs> that is a punishment. <laughs> I hope he learned it. No, actually, he didn't learn this. I wait. Did he learn his lesson? I'm not sure because I'm pretty sure he got like kind of religious after that. Oh well, then he did. He did learn. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, Craig, I, I, you don't, you don't even know that I have a podcast. But if you ever listen to this, I'm not making funny. I swear, I think it's funny. Yeah, Craig, love you, buddy. We miss you. <laughs> All right, so shall we get into Deep Blue Sea? Surely. Awesome. First off, what what do you remember about the music video? Let's talk about the the song and the music video first. Okay, so I actually remember a lot about this and I just happen to know behind the scenes stuff. So back in the day, in the 90s and early 2000s, MTV had a show called Making the Video. And mm -hmm. it was where they sent cameras like with several artists to the set of Making the Video. And it was like a complete behind the scenes, like, you know, 30 minute segment about how they made the music video. And then at the very end, the world premiere of the video for the very first time it's ever aired, airs at the end of the show. They did this with Britney Spears many times, like um, lots of like LL Cool J. I think there might've been Lil' Kim back then. Like there was big, in sync, um, big 90s stars that they did this with. And they absolutely did an episode of Deep as blue as my head is like a shark fin. 
So I remember there is a pool of water with babes in it, um, a little <laughs> bit of synchronized, like, it's not like a full act, but there is like some leg kicking in the pool and like some hottie stuff. And, synchronized swimming, yeah. Yes, and um, LL fully morphs into a shark uh, several times and his hat is a, is the shark fin. And he's it's just literally really, a shark fin. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then just, in t of course, intercut with, you know, rapping intensity <laughs> because that was, that was the jams back then. Was it, wasn't there also like, like violins and like a cello for like dramatic effect? Probably at some, some segments. That's a shame. I just listened to this last night. It, it's, I'm going to say there, like, rest in peace to the fact that this song only played during the credits of the movie and not throughout at, at any point. Like, it wasn't even on in the background of the tower where Tony Soprano's sister is, you know, operating her stuff. Um, yeah, nothing. We only hear it at the credits. So, missed opportunity, I think. I'm glad you also caught that, that, that was uh, Tony Soprano's sister. <laughs> yes i did i never realized that as a kid you know I, <laughs> yeah I never i never saw the sopranos until i was much older same same that's why yeah so i i'm recent to that yeah but um, but like when when i did see the sopranos it's not like i made the connection like wait that that was the that was the woman from deep blue sea <laughs> 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 can you imagine I love that for her. <laughs> and I think she played us like a prostitute in What About Bob? But nice. I, I don't even I don't even think she had any lines in that other than making a phone call for Bill Murray and then handing him the phone at a phone booth. She was like, Here you go and and she was obviously a prostitute or a sex worker. Um <laughs> That I'm was so sorry. <laughs> she had no speaking lines. That was not her her speaking debut. Let's just say. <laughs> yeah, it was like one line. I could have done that. <laughs> All right. So let's get into the film then. I was trying to stream the music video, but I don't think I can right now. So. Well, maybe you can add it in, like, as part of our intro later and outro. Yeah. Sure. Do you think? Do you think I'll get sued by LL for that? It would be an honor if you did, because then that means that he listened to our podcast. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't even know if LL Cool J is up to anything now. I don't know. You would think. I mean, maybe he just like took it easy. And did investments and stuff, and is just chilling and enjoying life. His old stuff is really isn't bad. I gotta Ooh, say, ladies love cool jams. Yeah, I have a, uh, I have a tape. I have an LL Cool J tape. Oh, I have my a, tape in, in um, my milk bin over there, where I bought it from some dude selling tapes at Tsunami Fest the one year. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I forget what 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 album it is, but it's an old one. 
Nice. They're all old, though. And I gotta say, his acting wasn't terrible. It was okay. It was fine. And that's what I was thinking. Like, I am surprised he... I mean, he actually did do quite a few movies. Yeah, uh, but like I'm that surprised. SWAT movie? Yes, and he did that's... Rollerball. Um, oh, I forgot about that. And so... I'm surprised that he, like many other, you know, entertainers didn't have like, you know, the hip hop career in the beginning and then kind of like transition into acting. And that's his main thing that he does now. But he kind of just did like a few. Yeah, I don't I don't know how they how he came to be in this movie. I don't know if he auditioned or if they asked him to be in this movie like but you know like the late 90s early 2000s they always had like the really like absurd role of uh just making like the token black guy just like a cartoon character totally <laughs> like it's it's like old like wwe too like just like just like making the, the the black guy like the token black guy you have to be the token black guy you well, have to he- he sort of acknowledges that throughout the movie, saying like, oh, we're supposed to do this? That's how the black guy dies first. And, oh, this? Yeah. No, no, that's some white people's diving. stuff. Yeah. Wreck diving. <laughs> so. you, got, you got to save that for the white people. Yes, was it, yes. Was that, or was it the, the mountain climbing? I think it was the mountain climbing. Either when, one. He, yeah. Oh yes, because that's what he says it to LL. He's like, dude, you got to leave that to the white folks. <laughs> <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> LL was also in Halloween H two O, and he was nice. goofy in that as well. That's funny. <laughs> well, you never seen H two O? I don't know. They all run together. I've seen most of them. All right. Well, let's do some. Let's do some fun facts and. The cast, yes. and, and did you um, research any like facts behind the making of the movie or anything? Not behind the making, but some things related to shark facts and okay, you know some of the stuff that the doctor is saying. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have stuff to say about that as well. Yes. All right. So, Deep Blue Sea was directed by Reddy Harlan. He also directed Cliffhanger, which is a classic, Cutthroat Island, Devil's Pass, and Driven. I've never heard of the other movies, but Cliffhanger is an action classic. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. It was written by Duncan Kennedy, and he also wrote Bait, you know, the shark in the supermarket movie, which I never knew about. Cool. And he did... Outer Limits when Outer Limits came back from 1995 to 2002 and it was also written by Donna and Wayne Powers married couple and they wrote The Italian Job and Valentine which is another uh, very early 2000s horror movie. Nice. I love The Italian Job as well so the Italian job. A lot of people like that movie. Yes. Like, I definitely wanted a Mini Cooper after that. Starring Thomas Jane as Carter Blake. Carter. He was in The Punisher. I would say that's how I know him the most. Yeah. From 
the that's fun like of his best like his i think his biggest like lead role yeah even though he's kind of he's kind of the lead in this too he pretty much is he was also in the mist i pretty sure he was the main character in the mist too wasn't he oh yeah yeah for sure the mist <laughs> he was also in boogie nights and he was in that show hung that i know nothing about but i remember it being popular for a few years yeah people were people like that one yeah some people <laughs> they were talking about it actually i'm i'm shocked you're saying that because um people were talking about it at the at the bar on thursday actually people hung. were talking about hung really hung, hung and suits she said those are like her oh t-shirts. god you know what's funny yeah. about that is i was at my brother-in-law's cookout yesterday and someone was talking about suits there as well. It's so weird. <laughs> God. It, is it back on TV or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I just overheard somebody say, like, oh, you know the show Suits? I didn't even engage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, just don't, t- don't take that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also stars Saffron Burroughs as Dr. Susan McAllister. She was in Troy, The Bank Job, and the TV sh- the Netflix TV show You, which is terrible, and I hate that show so much. Yeah, I hate it good. with a passion. I'm... I hate it. <laughs> I watched the whole season of it. I watched the whole season of it, and after that, I was like, I'm not watching any more of the show. The show sucks. Everyone's like, it's good. It's just like no. Dexter. It's not like Dexter. Why? Because the the killer narrates the show. No. The the guy from You is a is a creep. He's yeah. just a creep. Dexter would kill this guy. <laughs> yeah, literally. I don't like that actor. I didn't like Here's him in, in Gossip Girl. I don't I don't like him. So I'm with you. Yeah, well, he was in something else too, but I forget what it is right now. But apparently. Saffron Burroughs was in a bunch of episodes for for you, and I don't know who she was in it. She she was like one of the main actresses in it, I think. Yeah, and she was definitely like the lead woman in Troy. Oh, was she? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I never saw I never saw Troy, but that's that's like one of those like cult following movies. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson as Russell Franklin. Of course he's in this, right? You know, we, we know him from everything, but I'll just list off a bunch of movies that he has done. He's done Jurassic Park, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Snakes on a Motherfucking Plane, Shaft, Hateful Eight, Django, those horrible Star Wars prequels that you like. Oh uh, yeah, Nick, he's Nick Fury. Come on. I can't stand it. Goodfellas. Windu. He has a purple lightsaber. Oh God. Oh, Come on. I hate it. I hate it. And he was also he also was in WWF when it was still WWF. He was on an episode of SmackDown playing as Shaft. <laughs> when Shaft when, when Shaft was in theaters, he was on SmackDown promoting. He's like, I'm Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> Like Samuel L. will just agree to anything. That that dude, that dude will agree to anything. Gotta get money. 
how he agrees to movies in Hollywood is somebody asks him to be in a movie and he's just like, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And also he has to deliver a powerful monologue. And he does that a lot. Yeah. Yes, he does. Samuel L. is insane. He's yes. nuts. He is obviously in Unbreakable, my favorite. Oh, how could I forget Unbreakable? <laughs> yeah. You do love Unbreakable. Yes, I do. It, but... it was when that, they released that, they, they were holding it at a higher standard than the Sixth Sense, though. So that's well... what kind of screwed it over, you know? I mean, you know I love that movie, and I, I hate to say this, but, like, I did watch it kind of recently, and I, like, really hyped it up to Josh. I was like, no, I promise, this movie is so good. And, like, it might have lost a little bit of its luster. It's just... Well, I, I'm still a science fan. I still love science. Yeah. <laughs> we got LL Cool J as Preacher. Preach. I was, oh, is it Preacher or is it Preacher? Well, he's listed as preacher, but they were referring to him as preach several times. <laughs> Never mind was... the fact that he's also the chef. Yeah, <laughs> the the religious cook. Yes, <laughs> that's not how I was to know him as the the real. It's just so funny how religious he is in this movie. Yeah, that uh, it influences all the things that happen. <laughs> Like when I first saw this, I, I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, "What's L Cool J's deal in this? Is he just supposed to be like super religious? What? <laughs> he he loves God. He loves it's all, God. And... It's all a build up to stabbing his the shark with his crucifix. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it builds up to. Yes. Here we got Michael Rappaport as Tom Scoggins. Yes. These days, he's more known for his angry. Instagram and Twitter videos of him yelling about Donald Trump. And... Can you believe that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how he, he's just always yelling. It's so fucking funny, that how he's always yelling. But he's been in some good movies, like he was in True Romance, The Sixth Day with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> he was in Next Friday, Beautiful Girls, and Copland. And he's actually a good actor. No, he's fine. He is, like... He is a good actor. I'm with you. He wasn't that good in this, really, but he was great in True Romance and Copland. And also stars Stellan Skarsgård as Jim Whitlock. He's the father of all the Skarsgård actors, if you did. I don't know if you knew that. I did not, but I should have been alerted to that right away. But that makes sense, of course. Yeah. yeah. He, he's Pennywise's father. Yes. Yeah, he was in Goodwill Hunting, Amistad, Nymphomaniac Volume One and Volume Two, Eek. and Noon Wine. So let's do some fun facts, shall we? Yes. And feel free to tell me yours as well. Do you got any right off the bat right now? Uh, just some, some corrections, like I said, about the doctor. Get, okay. Hit, me, hit sure. me with your facts. All right. This is this one's funny. It's the first movie that Stephen King saw after almost dying in a car accident, and after he saw, he wished he was dead. No, I'm joking. He <laughs> he, 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 he actually loved it. Stephen King lo loved loved this movie the first time he saw it. I guess it really blew him away. It impressed <laughs> Stephen King. He loved it, <laughs> which I'm surprised about. I'm surprised that Stephen King is a deep Lucy fan. 
I like that. <laughs> Here's a shocker for you that Samuel L. Jackson happily agreed to be in the movie. Yeah. Hey, do you want to be in the movie? Of course I'll be in the movie. I'll be more than happy to be in the movie. <sighs> uh, do you want to know what it's about? No, I'll fucking take it. I'll do it. <laughs> it, was, it was shot in the same Fox studio in Baja that they filmed Titanic at. So That's this awesome. Isn't a, I guess, like, yeah, but there's similar effects going on for both those movies. Definitely. So they probably filmed a lot in like a, a water tank or something. Definitely, I was I was thinking that watching it, like there is so much water and scenes with water. Yeah, and there's a lot from room to room of a lot of water. real water, not yes. real water, not CGI water. And honestly, there's a lot of pyrotechnics too. Like I, I yeah, well, yeah, we'll get into that. Um, the Deep Blue Sea also has better rewatch value than Titanic. <laughs> it I does. Love, I love Titanic, so <laughs> I can't say. The orange-colored mini-sub visible in the wet entry area was the same mini-sub seen in the end of Sphere that also stars Samuel L. Jackson. Hell yeah, love that. Now, I didn't like Sphere. I, that was a movie I went in with high hopes. I so bought did it, I. I know. I thought it was going to be so cool. I bought it on tape before I even rented it because I was that pumped for it. Me too. I didn't see it in the theater. I think it was used from Blockbuster, and I was like, Mom, can I get this? This movie's supposed to be awesome. I watched it once. I never watched it again. It's so bad. And I had the same expectation. I don't know what it was about the commercial, like the the preview for it, that I was just like, hell yeah, this is going to rule. Yeah, no, it stank. It, it really did. Sad story. This is the hardest film that Rennie Harlan has ever made, which is funny because apparently he really struggled with directing Cutthroat Island. I think he filmed that like, out in like the real ocean and he realized how difficult it was to shoot on actual ocean so he was like for deep blue sea i'm going into like uh, a studio with water tanks but it turned out that deep blue sea was even more difficult than yeah. cutthroat island which is kind of ironic i can i can see it <laughs> thomas jane is actually afraid of sharks in real life he said that his fear of sharks came from watching Jaws when Jaws came out. There's a lot of parallels between this movie and Jaws and, <laughs> yeah. and also this movie and Jurassic Park. The seaplane used in this film is the same one that's used in Six Days, Seven Nights, which is a Harrison Ford movie, right? Totally, yeah. Duncan Kennedy was inspired to write the script after he witnessed a horrific shark attack on a beach near his home after which there was really not much left of the victim that the tragedy contributed to the reoccurring nightmare of being in a passageway with sharks that could read his mind Yo. it's like a jaws of the revenge right <laughs> sharks could read your mind you know they 
know what you're thinking. They know where you are. You can find out that you have plans to go to the Bahamas and you go to the Bahamas to get away from a shark. I don't know why you would go for a fly from New England to the Bahamas to avoid to avoid a shark. <laughs> like why would you why would you no. go to it an island another island that has more sharks to avoid a shark it's some sort of therapy confronting your fears oh god <laughs> yeah like ex- exposure therapy or whatever yes. they call it <laughs> yes yeah they can read your mind they know when you are sleeping they know when you're awake <laughs> all right so let's get into the the film First off, what do you think of the score to the movie? Not the LL Cool J song, but like the actual score that's through. Yeah, the sound mixing obviously could be a little bit better, but um, I didn't hate it. I thought that the sounds, like the cues and everything for jump scares and other stuff, I thought it was all right. Yeah, that's how I feel too. It was, it was definitely cheesy, but it was a like typical '90s action. Yes. Or maybe yes. in the same vein as perhaps Con Air or something. Yeah, I think a lot of that was going on at the time. You know, it's hard to compare now, all this time later, whether you think something is cheesy. It's kind of like an endearing cheesy, a nostalgic. Well, she, she's ages well, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where stuff was bad when it came out and then it matures and then it's like it's like a fantastic yeah yeah exactly (laughs) that's why if you don't like something if you watch a movie and you don't like it wait 20 years and go back and check it out again you might like it yes it'll give you all those delicious pre-9-11 feels oh yeah (laughs) so this movie takes place in mexico right out in um Baja, California, that, which that's Mexico, correct? Yeah, yeah. Baja, California is a state in Mexico, correct? It's the full peninsula to the west of the like Yucatan Peninsula. So is it, so is it on like the Gulf? Is that what it's on the Gulf? I don't know I, the body yeah. of water. I should probably look that up. Yeah. Right now. Let, me, let me see. Hang on. Uh, it might o- be. What ocean is Baja Mexico on? Or California on? Baja. It's uh, the, the Baja California Peninsula. Well, that's the area. Yeah, that's what, yeah. What ocean surrounds the Pacific Ocean. So it's, it's the Pacific Ocean. I'm surprised. I thought it was the Gulf. On uh, both nope. sides? Um, Baja California English lower. The, west, the western body of water okay. is Pacific. The, the east is the Gulf. A Gulf of what? Of California. Yeah. Okay. And to the south and west is the Pacific Ocean. Okay. Yeah. But I I, I just find it a little odd that these white kids that probably are no older than twenty years old are on a boat all by themselves out in on the ocean, like way out in the ocean. Is that weird? I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, because, I mean, uh, the bougie 
white kids, especially from like very wealthy parts, I can understand having a boat. I mean, that part that looked like a decent party. It's like hot babes and chilling in the summer and you got this big beautiful catamaran boat that's like wooden it's obviously expensive and do someone you, knows how to sail do you think it's a party though because there's there's only four of them it's like I, a I, sexual party like a low-key a low-key what it's like a sexual party oh uh, yeah like maybe a couple swap or something maybe. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, that's what it is. They're 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 swapping. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> and, and, and the one guy has to make it known that there's a party because he he says we're having a party, man. Yeah. <laughs> you have to say that so so we all know that you guys are partying, you know. Yeah, drinking wine. It looked good. I'm not gonna lie. I was watching it last night. He pours a little red wine. I was like, damn, that looks pretty good. I could drink a little red wine. We're having a party, man. When the bottle of red wine falls into the water, oh, when, when the, sh the shark the shark bumps the boat and the bottle tips over and pours into the ocean, are this... they trying to make it seem like the shark thinks it's blood? So so it's instantly attracted to that, that area. It, that drove me nuts. I was yeah. like, really? Just the sight of something red in the water is going to attract the shark? The filmmakers might have just tried to say that red wine in the water looks like blood. Right, but I, right. I feel like most people thought that, uh-oh, the shark is going to attack now because it thinks that it thinks that the red wine is blood. Right. I don't know. I, I hope that that's not their intention. I think it was probably just, like, some artistic way to foreshadow, like, this is what this movie is going to be about. Then well done. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. If, if that was the intent, which I like to believe that it is, I, I really hope that they don't think that like, we're all so stupid, including the shark that like, it's just going to sniff out red wine. Well, instead. well, they are going to treat the audience like idiots at times in this movie. Sometimes, sometimes it's like, you think we're stupid, huh? <laughs> But yeah, the red wine rolls off the boat. Sad times. Also, what drove me nuts the most, seeing it the most recent time, is when the teddy bear fell in the, the water. <laughs> it wouldn't. It wouldn't sink like that. It would float. It would float. Dude. Why it was? It, it just went right to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, it was like um, it was like Breaking Bad in the pool. With that. Oh yeah, the whole, the whole season you see this teddy bear in the pool, and, and you're just like, "What happened?" Yeah. So yeah. the shark attacks a boat, Boom. and, right. and they, they all fall right off the sides, which I I thought was funny. They they're like, "Get to the side of the boat." What's it also like, like it, it doesn't do just like jumping out of the water and biting the edge of it. Like it fucking torpedoes through the bottom of the boat and just like rips through the bottom of it chewing all this wood like absolutely well, crazy th well these are these are mako sharks and mako sharks are like the cheetahs of the ocean so they, it was going they, really fast <laughs> you know well we, we all we all know the cover to jaws with the sharks swimming uh, up to uh -huh. um uh, that was actually a photograph that someone painted, and the shark in the cover of Jaws is not a great white shark. It's a Mako shark. Nice. 
And I'm thinking that this shark went all the way close to the ocean floor and just shot right up to the top and just put a huge hole right in the middle of the boat. Yeah, it's actually funny that you bring that up because um, I was watching Air Jaws, which, of course, that is about great whites primarily. Air Jaws is like, you know, classic on Shark Week. It's known for its footage of sharks breaching, and that's exactly what they say. They go really, really deep so that they can get like a vertical, uh, get some height and get out of there. Yeah. And they can go as deep as like a hundred feet to build up the great, their, their the, vertical speed the great whites do yeah dude that's insane yeah <laughs> it is insane yeah it is what do you think of well do, we haven't seen any cgi yet but do you think the cgi in this movie is dog shit uh, yes and no um the first thing that really made Josh and I chuckle was, um, you know, like they're inside Aquatica and then it cuts to the outside and there is a fucking storm absolutely rolling and the waves yeah. looked ridiculous. And that's, we are both like, <laughs> so um, I think that's one of the first scenes that you really see it. Of course, there's some other crazy shit throughout, like when there's, you know, the shark bites a guy and the other shark comes up and rips it out. Like, obviously, oh, they're just, yeah. So uh, it had its moments. Some of it, again, you, you got to give a little bit of mercy to it considering the year. The, the year, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're still they're tr still trying to figure out, figure it all out at that point. But I was going to say, I, I agree with you. But uh, on the, the opposite hand, I think when they use animatronics and like anytime you see like the animatronic fin on the surface, uh -huh. it, it's terrifying. It looks so good. Yeah. It looks almost real. Yeah. So and when you see the, it lowers and rises out of the water. It's so it's good. I really, I, I think that held up. Yeah. Yeah. So like when the kids are, when the kids are trying to climb up on, on the boat and you see the fin coming up, De definitely frightening. Like, put it's yourself scary. in that situation. For sure. Dude, I would die. I would, I would give myself a heart attack. Me too. I'm not I'm not good with being scared. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's not it for me. Yeah, it would feel like it, it would feel like hours, even if it's like 30 seconds of the shark swimming yeah. towards you, but it's probably a lot um, quicker than that. Speaking of quick, though, where the fuck did Carter come from harpooning the shark? Okay, and it, you're trying to tell me that, okay, it was so quick. That shark is literally about to eat them, and then all of a sudden, it gets harpooned and held back like a dog on a leash. You're telling yeah. me that the strength of Carter, the man, is enough to hold back a fucking billion ton shark, like 12 foot shark. I mean, I have to relook if the harpoon was like in on his body, but that's it like, was probably attached to the boat or something. It had to have been for this to even like work, but still it was all, I mean, that shark would have 
launched in the blink of an eye. So I, I, it was all too slow. I didn't buy it. It was like the first thing that I noticed in that whole scene, but thank God for Carter, the hero. He turns, <laughs> yeah, he turns those spotlights on and he, he lassos that shark with his harpoon and he, he saved just, all those kids. Bless him. He, he's just a badass action star. Absolutely. He was probably like sitting there for a while, like with the with all those lights off on the boat. Yeah, just he like was, he was watching spot. the party. What if he was using those? He was using those kids for bait. Uh maybe, but, maybe I I like I don't know. He was watching their their sex party on the boat, and, and he <laughs> definitely he he stole those girls from those dudes afterwards. He warned their chicks. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Both of them. <laughs> both of them came with him afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, because that was hot. <laughs> <laughs> so now we get the uh, Samuel L. intro. Yes, which, man, hot and cold reception for Samuel L. I mean, Carter just gives it right to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely stands him up for sure. Or, like, upstages him, you know. He calls him a suit. He calls him a rich oh. suit. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> Dude, yeah, when when he does when he does that, that was that 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 was a sick that was a sick burn. Which that, uh, what I, I Carter's not wrong, okay, but like he didn't even give the guy a chance. He literally introduces him so hi, nice to meet you, and he's just like, Oh yeah, is this for rich suits? <laughs> like, he really just goes well, right in for the kill. So. No, well, it, it was it was when he was talking about sharks, where like sharks attack you if they think you're a seal, and then he was like, "Or a rich suit." Right. <laughs> it's like, oh shit. So it's like, all right, Carter. Carter does not like this guy. He doesn't get the best impression of him, and the only impression is with his eyeballs because he literally didn't say like anything else to him. Well, the so. the, the the thing is though. Yeah, Samuel L. in this movie, he is a rich suit, but he kind of seems like his character. He doesn't seem like a dick or anything. No, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, he kind of dramatic, maybe, but oh yeah, that. <laughs> and he's a murderer as well. He survived an avalanche. Okay, so he he has more life experience than anyone could ever have. But um, meeting him, you see him in the office with some other dude when um, Dr. Susan McAllister takes a helicopter on the skyscraper, which I think is a little bit of a uh, dramatic entrance. A little, but, uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> just, just a little bit. And um, the the other guy that Samuel L. is with is, uh, he was the bad guy in RoboCop, I think. But I guess um, they found out about the incident with the shark escaping from the lab and attacking that boat full of tourists. Right. And um, I guess they're contemplating on either backing out or shutting down the operation. They're financial backers. Yes. Uh, so they're, whole... they're definitely making their presence known that they're here to check up on their investment. They're like, something happened, so let's, let's uh, see what's going on here a little bit closer yes so they send sam samuel and and um he's he's sort of like well i i think he's sort of like 
this is like the Jurassic Park thing where the the raptor at the beginning of Jurassic Park killed that guy. So they're about to shut down the whole operation and they send a lawyer down to inspect the place. And they also with um Jeff Goldblum, Ian Malcolm, he's a doctor that studies chaos or whatever. And they're all there to inspect the park. And I think Samuel L. is a mix between the lawyer and Dr. Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park. That's what the whole thing is, him coming down, just to make sure everything is okay. It's the same same exact thing. Pretty much, yeah. This movie, but... this movie is Jurassic Park meets With sharks. Con Air. With Con Air. <laughs> Con Air. <laughs> It's a it's a prison break movie with sharks. Because what do sharks think about? Freedom. Escaping from prison. Freedom. Of the deep blue sea. The deep blue sea. Oh, it's like, <laughs> oh, all right. Now I know why you named this movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it all comes together. Ooh, I feel fun. like that is also like a classic 90s thing where like a character says the title. Like you have to you have to say the title. It's the dialogue. Yeah. yeah, I love that. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say this right now. Get it out of the way. The dialogue in this movie is the worst. Terrible, actually. Yes. No, yes. it is. The Except dialogue. For L, uh, Samuel L's big, big monologue. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a, it's a monologue. All right. That's <laughs> it's a, it's a monologue, but. Yeah, it really didn't take a much time to to crack and break break an oath. <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs> yeah, I killed those people. I ate them. Well, he, that's that's implied. He doesn't necessarily say they ate them. Actually, I don't know if they ate them. I think that he's trying to say like we just killed each other because we started arguing. Doesn't matter. Yeah, no, it doesn't. But yeah, well, as they're as they're flying into the sea station, which is named Aquatica, which you know, original, I like it. Yes, uh, original, I like it. It's funny <laughs> that you thought of that too. <laughs> wow, what an original name, Aquatica. Yeah, I I didn't understand the whole. I didn't understand what he meant when he said it looks like Alcatraz floats. Is it I don't either. I really <laughs> thought about that. I think what he was trying I think it was like a foreshadowing that like this is a prison to the sharks. I think that that's where that came from, but it doesn't look a damn thing like Alcatraz and also like you can compare it to Alcatraz because Alcatraz is in the water like it's an island. So I, I kind of get that, but it was just not right exactly. Honestly, I think it's worse than a prison for sharks. I think it's like it's like like a concentration camp for sharks. <laughs> Hell, always. Uh, like I, I actually really do feel bad for these sharks. To be honest with you. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. We'll we'll get into what they've done. They're they're ex they're experimented on. Yes, they are. Yes, they're they're used for. For science. And also, like, and you see this as Samuel L. Jackson and, um, or Russell Franklin, Dr. or Russell Franklin and Dr. Susan. Dr. Dr. Susan McAllister, when they land, it cuts to them lowering a tiger shark into the water. Right. So 
So they're they're catching tiger sharks, and they're feeding them to the the giant mako sharks. Is that what is, it? It was like yeah. a snack to them. Yeah, that's what it showed. Oh them. yeah, because they eat other sharks. That's right. Okay. And I I think that's just a little inhumane. Well, that's not the center of our practice here at Aquatica. <laughs> Doing things in the humane way is not our main focus here. It's just the, because tiger sharks are like a protected species, I think. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's fascinating that these are mako sharks because... I was going to say, do you think these are kind of big for mako yeah. sharks? Yeah, yeah, they're big. I know makos are like, they, they sort of look like a great white in a way, but I think they're much smaller mm -hmm. and they're extremely fast. I think they're the fastest yes. shark in the ocean. Yeah, but, they're very um, fast. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they get that big, and I don't think they give a shit about attacking humans at all. Actually, I think that they're way out in like the deep ocean. Like, I don't really think you hear about mako swimming close to shore. Not really. I think they are known for their like deeper water. Uh, definitely, their speed, their agility, of able to turn around so quickly. And they're longer, narrow snouts, which I yeah, think like a was pointy. yes. But I do think that that was played up in the movie for drama to make them look a little bit more ferocious. There was like the the monster shark, the one that was like forty five feet or something. Yeah, huge boy. There, there was like two two others, and I think they were like supposed to be like twelve feet, maybe. Yes, know. they were. They mentioned twelve feet. Yeah, there were twelve feet. I'm just gonna look up how like what's like how large makos could grow to. Yes. How big can mako sharks get? Fourteen feet. So that's that is uh realistic. Yeah. But forty five feet for a for a mako shark. Well I, that, I know that's it's, a it's, a, it's a movie, I know. I get it. They roid it up or whatever. I think that's the escape clause is that they, you know, have altered them. Yeah. I just don't understand why the one is 45 feet and the other are just 12 feet. Because science. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm cool with them being mutant sharks. There's almost every movie we see these days are about mutant sharks. So I'll, I'll give that's it a, fine. I'll give it a pass, you know? Yes. yes. So we're introduced to, Janice Higgins, yes. played by Jacqueline McKenzie, and she meets Franklin, and she's a marine biologist working on this project, and she is also married to the head scientist that's played by Skarsgård. Yes. There are a couple. They're together, for sure. And I also think that Janice is quite an insufferable character i don't know what you think about her but yeah she she's terrible but she delivers an amazing line so <laughs> i, I want to know what it is i can't wait to hear what it is yeah <laughs> um i looked up this reference you know when samuel l says the plane where's the plane okay I, it's from fantasy island okay love that the dwarf, his name is Tattoo. Okay. I caught that, <laughs> but I did not know what it was yeah, referencing. He, he said, where's Tattoo, I think. 
<laughs> that was pretty funny. I gotta say, I didn't like the dialogue, but I thought that was funny. Yes. So Carter's job is he's the shark wrangler because he's a badass. Yes. And he's swimming with a tiger shark trying to pull a license plate right out, out of his out of its mouth. And when I first saw this, I thought it was like a 12-year-old kid like swimming, swimming <laughs> with a shark. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Why is he why is a kid swimming with a shark? And it turned out just to be Carter. And he pulls out a license plate that, of course, what's the reference from? You know what the reference is. Of from. course, it's a Jaws reference. Yeah. yeah. And we talked about appreciate. how they, they chew on everything. So I liked that for sure. There's a nice nice homage. Tiger shark, just like in Jaws, the yep. one that they caught and killed. They're, they're just going to, if you throw something in the water, most likely it's going to eat it. They're going to so, have a little snack. They'll eat on anything, even if it isn't digestible. Yes. You need a car, did he? No. <laughs> Tiger shark's like a garbage can. It'll leave anything. So it turns out, like I said uh, earlier, Russell Franklin is the president of the board of Chimera Pharmaceuticals, and he's there for an inspection, and he meets Carter, and Franklin is impressed with Carter about how he just wrestled that shark and pulled the license plate out of its mouth and Mm -hmm. got away unscathed, and that's when Carter calls him. A rich suit, he's like saying, <laughs> um, yeah, sharks don't really have any interest in attacking humans for the most part. Most of the time, they think you're a seal or a rich suit, which is like, oh, shit. That, now, that that's hostile right there. That's hostile. It was. It was. And Carter goes on to say that there, we shouldn't be afraid of these sharks because they don't like the way we taste. But... He's saying that the, the sharks will have no problem killing him, though. Sure. Yes. So you better watch out. Do you know what he should have done was, after he says, or a rich suit, just like stares at him for a, a few seconds and then shoves him in the water. Yeah. <laughs> now, that would have been real hostile. He had it coming. All right. Here's one of the great lines of the movie. You ready? I'm ready. So. Janice introduces the mutant sharks to Franklin. And you see, this was CGI, but I give it a pass because it, it was it was pretty eerie how you just see the monster shark just swim right under the surface. Do you think that was scary? I did. It's The only thing I didn't like about it was it's this tiny, tiny fin and a humongous shadow. It seemed a little out of proportion, but I did like that. I liked how ominous it was. I liked um, the big shadow, and she says to him, just like gliding monsters beneath the surface. And scary stuff, isn't it? Yes, it is. I love it. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) You you can just tell that this guy is just like terrified. He, he, yeah, he's having flashbacks to something horrible. He he doesn't do, like, dangerous situations anymore. No. He had, his, he had his one huge adventure in life. But surprise, you're about to have number two. Yeah, such a great line. Yes, yes it, it is. is. 
<laughs> now we got Janice Soprano introduced to us. Yeah. Her, her name is actually in real life Ada Turturro. She's just named Brenda. And okay. uh, I guess she's just like the dispatcher. Is that what she's supposed to be? I think so. I think that that's her, um, her job in the tower, uh, dispatching stuff, maybe managing um, the incoming and outgoing helicopters and boats, because we see um, most of the staff of Aquatica getting on a boat to leave for the weekend. And yeah, and then she plays like some like oldies. Yes, and I, I couldn't help but chuckle. Um, you see, like, sort of in the background, this boat of presumably the staff leaving, and it's like all these people dancing and like partying yeah. as if they're on a party boat. And I just think that's so funny. Yeah. Like, would you Im was... immediately start partying the instant you stepped foot off of your work place? I, I observed that too. I, I observed that too. I was like, they're acting like they're at like a Jimmy Buffett concert. Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> like, We're leaving work. Woohoo! This place is a prison to us too. Yeah, like on, on, fr on Fridays at work, when I'm walking out of the building and I'm clocking out, like I'm like happy that it's the weekend and everything, but it's not like I'm like dancing out the door. <laughs> no these people, these people are ready. a little too chipper they were ready for the weekend <laughs> and i'm pretty sure they only had one day off i think because you know the end of the movie they come they back come, yeah they come <laughs> so well uh, maybe well, they they don't say exactly how much time passes but i guess it's implied or maybe they just expect us as the audience to forget yeah, yeah, they think they're like I said. Like sometimes they they treat the audience like they're stupid. Yeah, they think we're stupid, but I but we caught it. We caught it. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. So they they were treating like they were on a booze cruise, basically. Yeah. So the so the aquatic staff is leaving for the weekend on the party boat, and it's just definitely setting the stage that terror is about to be on the way and you're so fucked you're not gonna have anyone well, here to help you all, all the dance all the dancing people they're fine now they, yeah, they, they're, they, fine. they're not they're they're not gonna that's why they're <laughs> dancing <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe they like what if they set the whole thing up yeah they did and they knew they were gonna get away <laughs> so what if, what if the sharks like paid them money or something <laughs> maybe and so, anything anything is possible yeah in this world in aquatica anything is possible yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so they're off goodbye staff yeah yeah the the director i'm pre i'm pretty sure the director was one of the people dancing on the boat too <laughs> nice that's a, that's that's the best cameo if you're gonna have one so jim whitlock played by Skarsgård, is introduced as he's pissing into the wind Yes. Isn't he a right. brilliant man? Isn't he the most brilliant man you've ever seen? <laughs> He's pissing into the wind. Yeah. How smart can he be? All right. Most of most of the dialogue from Samuel is pretty is good. good. I know. Yeah. I agree. I agree. The, the the classics come from Samuel L. As it should. They they say most of the good dialogue for him. Yes. And this uh, the beginning of the movie is just like introdu introduction of all the characters. Mm -hmm. Next, yeah. Tom Scoggins, 
they just call him Scoggs for the whole movie. Yeah, Scoggins, Scoggs. Played by Muckle Rappaport. He's introduced. And do you know exactly what his role for this whole, uh, th- his role is here? Like, what uh, his Aquatica. job is? I don't Is exactly. he like an engineer? He's definitely the comic relief character in the formula. And for what his actual purpose is at Aquatica is unclear. It could be um, an engineer. He knows a lot about the equipment. Yes, he does. And he knows a lot about the map. And he knows a lot about the structural integrity of Aquatica. At a certain point, they talk about, hey, you like you know how much pressure this place can handle. You know the, the way out. And like... Because at one point he's like, I'm not moving. I'm staying here. I'm waiting for people to come rescue us. And they're like, bro, like, you know, this place can't hold it up. And he he takes he like five seconds in his head to do some math and realizes like, yeah. So he he obviously knows the structure of the location. And he he is um, adept at um, like getting getting the party through this massive he he's definitely smart. So whatever it is, it's got to be smart. Is he like a like a structural structural <laughs> like engineer or something? Maybe I don't. Maybe I I, I don't know. But yeah, he's he's along the ride. When we get to the the end of the movie, I have the best question. So I hope you can help me out with it. All so, right, all right, we'll um, save that. So we meet him, and he's talking about like. How um, Carter asked him if like he made if like the gates were locked and all that. He's like, oh, there's no way that they escaped that way because I lock everything. I never make a mistake. And he's <laughs> well, I mean, he's pretty confident the way he says it. Like no, he's, he not, is. he's not he's not cocky about it. He's like just like he's sure that everything. There's no way that the sharks escaped through the gate. So they must have they must have got out another way. Right. And, uh, I I do think that he was kind of I know he's the comic relief in the movie, but he honestly he was pretty annoying in this movie. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I find Rappaport to be a little annoying in general. So I oh yeah, yeah. A lot a lot of people feel that way about yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan of him, but he is definitely annoying. Yeah. And, and his his wife thinks he's annoying too because. <laughs> Uh, I like I, I've listened to his podcast before, and he's had his wife on there, and like, like all his like, like yelling about Trump and stuff. Like when when Trump got banned from Twitter, uh, he was just like laughing. He's like, ha ha ha, Trump got banned from Twitter, ha ha ha, and you just hear his wife yelling in the background. She's like, and they're gonna ban you too if you don't stop. <laughs> classic classic wife lines <laughs> i like it that's endearing <laughs> so um for the most part michael rapaport is a decent actor i know he's known mostly nowadays for his internet douchebaggery but he is a good actor i just this was just the first thing i ever saw him in and i just thought his personality was so like bizarre because I didn't know him at first, you know. Then okay. I, then I started to open up to him, and I saw him in other things. He was yeah. also, he was also in an H two O music video. Wow, cool! <laughs> Which one? Uh, what happened? 
It, oh, okay. I can see that. Well, yeah, that's interesting. Like, he like did the intro and he's like talking about like CBGBs. He, he's a New York guy. Right. He's, right. He's def- and I wouldn't be surprised if he grew up like hanging out with like punk bands in the 80s and stuff. But I could see it. Yeah. yeah I could see it. His character definitely is a part of himself for sure. So the underwater compound is really interesting. I wonder how far down it goes, like how deep that water is. Because it, it looks incredible, even though it's like the CGI is really bad. As the camera goes down into the water, it's just a, it's a really interesting layout. It is. It's definitely um, huge, confusing, enormous. Like, how, how did they build this? Oh, don't worry too much about that. I uh, don't ask those questions. I mean, I don't know how do they build any like like sea station that they exist, you know? Yeah, that's okay. Okay, that that's fair. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I'm not an engineer. I don't know that. So. I just yeah, that's probably something only an engineer knows. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. So they built it. They they built it. It's there in the water. It's that's where they're working. And, I, and I'm sure an engineer would probably even have trouble explaining it, but. Yeah. Well, to, to the to the layman's like me, <laughs> but yeah. that's okay. I don't need to know those things. Yeah, just just build it. Just build it. Yeah. Yes, that's a uh, you, can, you, can, you can keep your secrets. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. So, um, there's another confrontation between Carter and Russell Franklin uh, talking about wreck diving. So. It really does seem like Russell Franklin is a big adventurist. He's a he's a, a rich guy. He's definitely rich. He's got a lot of money, and yes. he loves he loves to go on adventures. This guy. Yes. So there could be worse people to get stuck in a sinking station with. Unfortunately. Yeah, he is he, experienced. <laughs> he 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 slips up. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um. So. Now, LL Cool J is introduced as Preach and his parrot, his uh, foul-mouthed parrot that yes, he is. says, what, like three lines? Like, hey, you dickhead, you got a fat butt. And, yeah, uh, fat butt. <laughs> is that it? Fat butt and you fat dickhead? Yeah, oh, no, eat, oh, eat me, asshole. <laughs> yeah. So he obviously spent time teaching his bird the most important phrases in the English language, which I can appreciate. I, I, I'm just really immature. I have an immature sense of humor. I, I think it's hilarious hearing parrots curse. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it sounds really good. I really wonder if if parrots can learn like that clearly because it re- you can really hear it for sure. Uh, I was looking up like parrots on YouTube. Like the different parrots and also cockatoos also can mimic humans as well. But there was a video, this guy, I guess he has a pet parrot and he also has a a pet cockatoo and the cockatoo is just chirping and chirping and chirping and the the parrot is trying to go to sleep. The parrot is just, the parrot is just trying to go to sleep and the parrot is just laying there and the parrot is like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> just just kept on saying shit over and over again. yeah because he doesn't want to hear this little asshole chirping all night he also said a couple of times shut up 
And there was another video of a parrot. So this person, I don't know why this person would be stupid enough to do this, but they, uh, this woman or a guy trained their parrot to say, come on in. Anytime someone opens up the door, <laughs> what if it's someone you don't want coming in, you know? <laughs> and the parrot is just letting everybody in the apartment. Well, um, actually looking now, I was just seeing the cast here. I saw someone is listed, credited as Parrot Voices. So the oh, yeah. voice the voice of the parrot was done by Frank Welker, who is an American <laughs> voice actor. He is very, very well known for his work with Scooby-Doo. What does he do the voice of in Scooby-Doo? So it looks like it, in, it doesn't say exactly, um, but it, he was in Aladdin. He was in um, Scooby-Doo movies from 1972 to 1973. He was in Scooby-Doo Zombie Island in 1998. Uh, he was in the 2002 Real People remake with uh, Matthew Lillard in, uh, and Freddie Prince Jr. in 2002, just the movie Scooby-Doo. He was in um, the 2020 movie Scoob, and he was in the... Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated from 2010 to 2013. Huh. Yeah, so he's a he's a voice actor. Yes, he's a very he, famous voice actor. It looks whoa. here it, it also says he was in Anaconda. Dude, who did he do the, did he, who did he do the voice of in Anaconda? I might have to dig a little deep to find that. Let me take a look. Oh man. If only, it if says only Anaconda. Were... It says Anaconda. Oh, so, shit. So it does like the hissing noises. Of... Yeah, so this guy is the voice of a lot of stuff that we are familiar with. That's He's awesome. Also listed on the Page Master, Mulan. This guy has a very, very deep career in Hollywood voice acting. So he was lucky enough to grace the screen of Deep Blue Sea as the parrot. You fat butt. <laughs> If if only I had more time this summer, I would have done Anaconda as well. Yeah, next time we'll do it next season. Yeah, next summer when <laughs> call I me, call me for Anaconda. That's mine. I call it. <laughs> so they feed the tiger shark to the mancos, and there's some like dra uh, like dramatic fake out that most likely no one bought when there was a the flare getting shot up in the air. And there's a surprise Surprise! party. Happy birthday! Yeah, it was her birthday, right? Susan McAllister's birthday. Which, it settled so much for me. Uh, It it drove me absolutely insane when we're introduced to LL Cool J and he's making a two-tier cake, but all of the employees went home. I was like, what is he doing this for? And then it's obviously revealed that it's her birthday. So, (laughs) yeah, had a purpose. Also, it's it's super funny to me that they have a gourmet chef like on like site, yeah, all the time. Like, yeah, he lives with them, so yeah. he can cook for them. He does not get to go home when the staff goes home. Yeah, he's gonna stay in. And like, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just so funny. Like, <laughs> they've got like an in-house chef. I, I, I also. I also wonder if like there are, there are more chefs like during the week, but on the weekends he's just like the weekend guy. Or 
I really like to think so because, you know, when he's making peace a little later, he mentions that he's a husband and a father. So I really hope that he gets to go home <laughs> at some point. <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> Mom, where's dad? He's uh, out in Baja cooking. Yeah, for yeah he's cooking on Aquatica. <laughs> I wonder if, like, that was, like, like he was just, like, a, like a real successful chef and – he was like, oh, I got some exciting news. I'm going to be working on the Aquatica. I'm going to be cooking on the Aquatica. Yeah, and his family was like, oh, we're so proud of you, Dad. Congratulations. <laughs> but it's probably top, it's probably, Aquatica is probably top secret, right? Uh, maybe, maybe. I don't know. They seem like they need money, so they might be uh, trying to get some funding publicly somehow, but we'll see. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, but you, you know what's funny about Preach? That he knows exactly who Franklin is because he know he knew about him from the whole rock climbing incident. Right. That must have made big news. I mean, I would definitely recognize that if I was in Preach's situation, if I was like, if I was the chef of this massive operation and I was told, like, hey, you know that that avalanche that happened on TV a couple of years back? That guy, one of the survivors, is coming. I best believe I would have, like, the best meal prepared. So, but, yeah. But would you just be up front with them, be like, hey, you're that dude? <laughs> <laughs> like, it might be, like, a touchy subject, you know? Yeah, definitely I would not open with that. <laughs> so Yeah, because like if if someone in that situation probably doesn't really want to talk about it. Yeah. Because yeah. I've already talked about it more times than they want to. And definitely know? not to strangers. It's definitely not something you you just dive right into. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then what do you say? He's like, you need to leave that to uh the white folks, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved how it showed Samuel I'll just turn around like he's like just like All right. bust, about to bust out laughing. <laughs> no, Samuel in this movie, he seems like a cool guy. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah, he tries to help him out at the end. But he doesn't make it. So, alright. Janice, the marine biologist. Yes. I think that's what you were talking about with some of these science facts or whatever. She says that sharks never can't get cancer or go blind. But yes, yes, they fucking do. They yeah. get cancer. I know that they get cancer. Yeah, I, I so looked it that, up. Was a, that was a complete swing and a miss, but I don't know what purpose that really would have had. I mean, maybe to validate why they're choosing sharks as the animals for their research, but I definitely felt like that was so out of left field and honestly kind of irrelevant because I don't think, I mean, they do not say that they're researching for the purpose of cancer. The whole point of yeah. this is Alzheimer's. It's Alzheimer's. Right. So what's the cancer have to do with anything? I don't know. Are, are they just saying like, she's just saying that like sharks are just like, they never get sick. I think she, the, I think the purpose of saying something like that is just like legitimize and validate why they're choosing sharks for this. 
Yeah. Yep. But it was just a, definitely a swing and a miss. Yeah. But like she she's explaining to him like what their whole project is that they're trying to find a cure for for Alzheimer's and that's why the sharks are bigger than they are. Uh, I for to increase the protein in their brain, I think. But like, I'm I'm just I'm just uh, surprised that Samuel doesn't already know this because I know isn't he the main investor? He's paying for all this. Yeah. So why are we taking time? Well, obviously because we want to tell the audience. It's yes, for us. We're definitely establishing the purpose of this research and that it's important. And it's also important to Dr. Susan because um, it's personal. Her father had Alzheimer's and she tells her harrowing story about, you know, when my mom passed away and I, I told my dad again and again and again and to watch him experience that loss every time that you know was just terribly painful so she she tells this whole big sob story and her personal tale of why this research is so important to her and why she's so freaking passionate borderline ruthless about achieving it which is going to have a pretty central part throughout the rest of this movie when it comes to dr susan's actions and i guess it's supposed to make you have compassion for her, for her yeah instead of just thinking that this is all just like a crazy you know, scientist yeah yeah that's yeah. looking to like do this for like greed and look right. what i did you know right. sort of a thing exactly you know? and that like she has genuine pure intentions but like they say the road to hell is paved with good intentions dr susan so <laughs> in, in a way she is sort of like a mad scientist with like yeah. the, ac the accent they give her you know yes like, yes, yes. <laughs> how, how obsessed she is yeah I, I know that the trailer tried to make it seem like she was like a mad scientist well it it comes off for me like that and i kind of like it so <laughs> yeah so because of the incident what that went down with the sharks escaping and attacking those kids, seems like they're being pushed to work ahead of schedule. And the investors, they want results like immediately wow. because if there's not going to be results, if we can't get results, the whole operation, we're shutting down, you know. Yeah. All right, pay too much money. They don't want to get fucked over or be held or be held responsible probably that's yeah. probably a, a big one but carter has a word with McAllister because he thinks that working way too ahead of schedule is probably not a good idea and he knows that the sharks are intelligent and he thinks that the the sharks are too smart for their own good their own and good. It, it's a it's a bad idea because the the sharks are also learning things that they're, they're trying to, they're trying to like, they're, they're problem solving. They're figuring out how to sneak out of the lab without crashing through the gate. So yes. these are high. They're like the, the velociraptors in Jurassic yeah. Park. Where, yes. Yes. So, so 
So Carter tries desperately to little bit be the voice of reason here, but it is just nowhere near enough to stop Dr. McAllister. Uh, I mean, she's going full steam ahead. We have Russell Franklin out here to visit. So I'm ready to do this experiment today, tomorrow. She, you know, she she's seen in her uh, little lab practicing on the um, diagram, the the 3D dummy of the shark. Yeah. And so she's like, I'm ready for this. I mean, she's she says she's practicing on the little um, dummy and she says, you know, you you work all, all your life for one day and suddenly it's tomorrow. So it definitely, you know, she's very, very passionate about this. She's, you know, so got tunnel vision that she doesn't, she doesn't see anything else. <coughs> she's yeah, ready she's awesome. to perform this, this, uh, surgery sort of this, this experimental, procedure. experimental procedure, uh, yeah. as, as soon as, as possible. Yeah. And she's pretty confident for the most part too. Yeah. She she's she's down. She's ready to go. Yeah. And also she's pressured as well, but um but for the most part she's confident. Yeah. So then we we are we're pretty much moving towards the scene where the hurricane. Yes. Yes. With the the storm breaks out. Yeah, the CGI storm. Huge waves, definitely torrential storm. I mean, it they did a good job showing you this is what a tropical hurricane looks like now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think they put a little boat among the waves for scale. And I mean, those those are pretty fucking huge. I would not want to be on an ocean like that. I mean, can you imagine? You see like <laughs> like the, the, the TV shows where it looked like people on their on their boats and ships and you see like the storms that go down Crazy. or like the perfect the movie the perfect storm yep, yep, for classic sure. yeah dude I mean, that it, it really does go like vertical in the water which is scary as hell i mean i could not imagine being on something like that i was on a little ferry for eight minutes one time thinking it was going to tip and i was screaming so <laughs> i just can't yeah. imagine and it, it storms a lot out in the middle of the ocean. For sure. I, I, I think it was the one time, like, the, like when I was younger, uh, in middle school or whatever, we rented a beach house at the Outer Banks after my parents sold their beach house at the Outer Banks. Those cowards for selling it. I'll never <laughs> forgive them for that. But um, the, the window, I remember the window, like, where the patio, like, the, the top porch is um like overlooks the ocean and it's not raining where we are but looking off way out in the ocean the the atlantic ocean you see lightning coming down it was like almost it was it was almost every night that it was storm storming out in the middle of the ocean but it wasn't raining on the land that's uh, and i was just thinking about how terrifying that would be it is i, I saw storm like that just the other day out of my house i mean i live on the bay here and oh, yeah, it was yeah. like huge huge lightning and stuff but like no rain directly where we were storm shit like that is crazy and i sure as hell would not want to be on a freaking wet boat all during that time no way yeah 
those those people got balls of steel. All of them. Yes. Yes. All the men and the women. They all have balls of steel. Yes. So, all right. So, yeah, big storm. And today's the day where they got to get the results to get a cure for Alzheimer's. Yes. So, Carter goes out in the water to catch the big Mako while the team and Franklin go to the lab to get to work. And the Makos attack Carter as he's swimming through, like, almost like, it's like a tunnel, but it's a cage. Yeah, like a cage, yeah. And they go straight for him. Yeah, they attack both sides of the both cage. Both sides, <laughs> yeah. Together, together. Yes. So they're orchestrating these attacks. And then they what, swim all, in reverse. Right, when he pulls the gun on them, two weird things. They swim backwards, which sharks can't do. And they recognize the gun, which is insane. Yes, it is. Be- because Carter has been shooting them with that thing before. <laughs> they remember. <laughs> they remember. So yeah. out of all the out of all the people there, they probably like have a grudge against Carter the most. Yeah, because he wrangles them. <laughs> he <laughs> he like them. wrestles them and shit. They they try desperately throughout the entire movie to kill him. <laughs> That's who they were after for the most yes, part. Yes, they were. <laughs> so, so the the CGI for that was really bad, but you know, there's worse CGI in the movie. Yes. So he draws the rifle on them. They swim away, and then the big mama comes to attack. Um, he like sets up like a diversion. Like, what was it his wetsuit or something? I think it was. I his think wet- so. Yeah. Yeah, his wetsuit in the tank. So. She thinks it's him, so she attacks, and then he goes and he just tranks her and put puts her down. So did 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 he make sure that so there, there's like an underwater elevator that that goes up into the lab. So yes. he made sure that he was right underneath to do that. Yeah, she's a, yeah he he must have been close because there's no way he's dragging an unconscious shark. Yeah, there's a no. It's not possible. No, it's four. So, it's, it's 45 feet. Yeah, so somehow he straps her in to the stretcher-like device that, in of course, I mean, Aquatica has the most state-of-the-art science ocean lab that you can imagine. <laughs> so um, there's a little elevator to just suck that shark right out of the pool below, and it is strapped in, and we're ready to rock. Hell yeah. We're- yeah, when, Susan. yeah and, and the shark the i guess it's uh the um animatronic they use for this it looks the, good it looks awesome yeah it it, it, it really it, it it doesn't quite look it doesn't look 45 feet it, it looks it definitely looks smaller than 45 is that the feet. exact length that they said 45 I think so. I'm pretty sure. It, it definitely, unless it was one of the smaller sharks, but it, it definitely bigger. it was not. It was not the 12 foot shark. It was definitely yeah, it looked bigger. bigger. Yeah. But I just didn't know if that was the the length exactly that they said. Maybe, if they did, maybe I mean 45. That's so freaking huge. <laughs> well, I think I think towards the uh, towards the end of the movie or in the middle of the movie when he. When Sam, oh yeah, the middle one. Um, Franklin says, "What does a forty-five foot Mako think about?" I think that's what he said. Oh yes, okay, okay. 
So it could be an exaggeration. It could be. But anyway, the shark is still fucking a massive. Yes. And it, it's fat as hell, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, and it definitely a good jump scare when the shark, like, twitches and, like, j- like j- jumps up and throws its snout back down. Yeah, so it's, a, it's f- foreshadowing. It's uh, setting the stage. So do you think this plan was, like, carefully orchestrated with the sharks? Like, yes. <laughs> I think it... Oh, with, among the sharks? Yeah, because because it, it the the plan worked out. So like, all right, so we'll get it to it. So they they inject the brain and they pull out they extract the proteins with the neurons of an Alzheimer's patient's uh, brain and shows on the thing that's firing whatever Voila! that means. They're firing. It, yeah, and it's such a beautiful moment where is everyone a- is absolute breakthrough yeah they're also happy they're also there and then um the guy leans a little too close to the shark and the shark rips his arm right off yeah well uh right after he grabs his girl jan for a huge kiss in the background yeah they're celebrating they're kissing he's like oh my god and then it is on the first attack of the movie and there is nothing but hellscape from this moment out. He it, it was over. awesome, though. It was it, amazing. It, it is was such a good view of the shark's mouth. He fully faces camera. And inhales he, that arm. And you just see chump. He eats that arm like a little cocktail weenie. It, it was gnarly. It was it, gnarly. Yes. And there, he. It, it's just so out of left field you know they've just had this huge celebratory moment of achieving this thing that they've worked presumably years and years for and then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose it's a classic formula and i love it and it it never gets old and at at that very moment too that they probably realize that these sharks are like trank proof they uh, they can't be they can't be tranquilized at this point i mean I don't know. I don't really know what to say about that. You know, maybe they are developing some sort of resistance to the drug. Because that that shark either faked that it was asleep, or just happened to wake up. Or, but I yeah, either one. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. It, it would be t- hard for me to believe that that shark is faking that it's asleep while it's letting her dig around in its brain. So yeah. I'm going to go with it. It woke up early from the medicine. Yeah. It's, it's deep blue sea. So anything could happen. There's not a lot of reason here. It's, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. So we, uh, people start screaming, uh, the, they're like, Oh my God, get it. You know, let's, let's take care of this guy. And, it's time. Well, can we talk about can we talk really quick though before that do you think that the the scene was ruined by the slow-mo when he's a, he's about to sh- kill the shark and end it all right there and the dr susan was like no! <laughs> and she pushes the button <laughs> so another moment i have or problem i have with this so 
shark bites off Jim's arm, Skarsgård's arm. And people are panicking. Oh my God. Carter goes to make the decision almost instantly that this shark needs to be murdered because he knew it was dangerous. There's been some shit happening leading him to think it's dangerous. Now that he's bitten this man, Carter's like, all right, that's enough. I'm going to murder it. Dr. Susan is like, Dr. Susan is like, no. And she presses the button to save him. And the shark goes down the elevator. What kills me about this is if Carter really wanted to, he could have just shot the shark anyway. It was still there on that platform. Just because it got covered in a little bit of water doesn't mean it's not directly underneath it right there. Just pull the fucking trigger, man. But no, he is unsuccessful. Just the the pressing of the button alone is enough for him to be like, what the hell? You let that thing go. Are you insane? Yes. Yes. So Dr. Susan McAllister is so this is her first. This is yes. This is the first or second time that we've really realized like, damn, she is hell bent on this information she is just like i don't care that this is a killer shark i am going to save its life because of this breakthrough and and these sharks are hell-bent on escaping yes and and like they they had this breakout down to a science for the most part like yes like what it almost like seems like they knew exactly what was going to go down like the Sharks are communicating with each other like, all right, so they're going to take me up. I'm going to pretend to be tranked. And then the one scientist is going to go for a cigarette. He's going to get close to me. I'm going to bite his arm. Then there's there's a storm coming, so he's going to fall in the water. I'm going to throw him into the glass, and we're going to break out that way. It just <laughs> seems like it, it, it's almost like uh, this is where like Con Air comes in a little bit. you know. Well, I think they are – it's implied that they're so smart that they're able to just kind of like see a situation and yeah. respond Execute. to it. Yes, exactly. These, these are, yeah, they're, they're, they're smart as shit. So they, he had a chance to put the big boy down and fucking failed to because a stupid ass doctor intervened. And so now we got a real killer on the loose. You should have shot her, right? He, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Holy shit, this guy is now armless, bleeding all over the place. We definitely have to save him and get him on a stretcher out of here. But it is pouring fucking rain in a horrible, horrible storm. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised I even... If it it was real life, they probably wouldn't have even sent a helicopter out. There is no way in hell. There is no way. A helicopter cannot, I don't, I'm almost certain cannot perform in that sort of torrential fucking rain. There's just Yeah, no they way. wouldn't even be, they wouldn't be allowed out there. Which, you know, how it goes is not for, so For well. safety reasons. Well, I mean, it obviously does not go as planned. They, they call, you know, Tony Soprano's sister is like, help us, helps, help, and calls for help. They send a helicopter, it comes out. And Rather quick, too instantly it arrives so quickly but i mean maybe we don't see how much they did to prepare um you know scars guard for the stretcher ride but he is strapped in they've got an oxygen mask on him so that he can 
breathe in all this shitty rain and it's time to uh hoist him on up so the up he goes dangling like a little carrot over a, a stick <laughs> and uh <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't go so high. They're trying to pull him up and snap something. Of course, something malfunctions. So down, down yeah. he goes, splashing into the water below. As he fades under the surface. Yes. And immediately just gets towed away by one of the sharks. Instantly, like a <laughs> fucking giant tuna on a hook. Now the shark, he, he is... Suddenly, as soon as he hits the water, a shark has him, and now this shark is running on this cord attached to the fucking helicopter like a fish on a hook of a fishing rod. It yeah. is just ripping through the water with this fucking helicopter attached to it. Which is pretty insane. It was <laughs> insane. <laughs> it just completely, like, it's like single-handedly, like, destroyed uh, the facility. Yeah, so this obviously sets off a massive chain reaction, which is going to lead to the fate of Aquatica, which is the helicopter that this taut string is attached to goes hurling into one of the main towers of Aquatica, and it is the blows. biggest fucking fireball that you could possibly imagine. It blows Tony Susser away. It blows it to smithereens. <laughs> yeah. It looks. It, looks it, it really looks so bad. I even like even when I saw it when I was in eighth grade, I thought like showing her like flying back. Kind of looks, it, it looked kind of bad. Yeah, not not the best, but um, you know she's dead, and uh, there's obviously trouble at yeah. at the base here. So. So they, now what? they, oh, I also forgot to mention that um, beforehand, uh, the the sharks, they took out all the surveillance cameras. Yes. So, so, so no one could see what they're doing. Yes. So now in the lab, we're blind to yeah. these giant monsters. Yes. So, so they can't see anything that's going on. They know that there's, they know that there's a big explo a big explosion just happened. Yeah. But, but they notice that. The shark has Skarsgård on the stretcher, and he has an oxygen tank, so he can still breathe. Poor and guy. The shark, the shark <laughs> throws him right into the window, and and he just like chill, is just chilling there. And um, <laughs> and the, the, Janice the, is like, "Oh, my lover! Oh my god! Oh no!" Yeah, so, she's just standing there, staring at me, him. The second that I see, I mean, the, so there, it's this giant window in the lab, and they can sort of see in the distance, like, something coming towards them, and it gets closer and closer, and they suddenly see that this man on the stretcher is in the shark's mouth. That alone, for me, I would have been running the fuck out of there instantly. Oh, yeah. But no. no I th they made it look well, like it was just coming straight for the, the window, like in uh, Jaws 3D. Yeah, so the, these people, for some insane reason, decide to wait around and see what happens. And this shark, it's it just in hilarious fashion, hurls this thing towards the glass with its fucking teeth. And bam, on impact, it cracks this <laughs> God knows how thick viewing window. 
Yeah, it cracked pretty easily. It, it, spider web cracks. And again, for me, I'm fucking out of there. But no, they stand around to kind of see how long it will splinter. Girlfriend Jan over there is kind of weeping that her lover is now, you know, here. A huge fucking chunk shoots out of it. It's a, It looks like a chunk of the iceberg. It, it was it was pretty thick. That glass was thick. It was huge. I mean, like I said, it looks like a chunk of the iceberg oh, in Titanic. Yeah, it did. Huge rock of this ice. So that leads me. I mean, this this window is at least a foot thick, if not more. <laughs> and so, for some insane reason, these people are not running for their lives. They're waiting around to see this crack get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until. <laughs> Bing. Of course, that shit shatters, and then they start running. <laughs> Samuel been... is the only voice of reason. He's like, I would have been out of there before it even he even hit the glass. Like, oh yeah, like, me too. I'm like, I, Alex, I, where do you think you're going? I'm like, out of here. Yeah, I'm a screamer and I'm a runawayer. I I would not be in the room for this. But these people are waiting to see what happens. You know, with the the scientists, no, they are under tons and tons of pressure with this thing underwater but that's not enough for them to go running for the hills or at least the uh escape ladder yeah so, well, i mean they, they did decide to run but they cut it pretty close pretty because... close samuel l is the only one who's trying to to calm everybody down and talk a little sense into this he's like all right now let's go it's time to go but seeing the glass explode and the water just flooding in there looked incredible it was awesome it was it looked really a, well done it looked amazing yeah it did i mean i honestly think that realistically if it was real life i think it would have been even quicker than that you uh, Absolutely. i don't know Absolutely, that happens in such a fucking instant it, it would have been way faster but did you, you know I, i'm okay with letting it slide this is a movie this is you know, we need extra did, time. Did you count how many times Carter fell in this movie? Oh, a bunch. <laughs> he yeah. fell like twice out there when when they were medvacking um, Skarsgård up. I think he fell when uh, the, the the lab is getting flooded, and he falls like three. twice twice more. I think. Yeah. But yeah, the, that flooding that flooding was amazing. Yeah, it, it was, was so good. Definitely some real water was used in a lot of those shots. I don't oh, know yeah. how they oh, yeah. did it. All, all that was in like uh, underwater tanks at a studio, I think. Yeah. Like so that, where they, that filmed, killed, the scenes for, where that they was, filmed like the scenes for Titanic. Right, right. Yeah. So that killed and they did a really good job with that. And it was very convincing. I was not saying this looks so cheesy and it looks like shit. No, no, it looked good. No, sure. it was awesome. Yes, I re I really was expecting like when I kept on showing the window with all the water flooding in, I thought I thought a, a shark was going to flood in there. So did that's I. What I. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm surprised it didn't, and I wonder why it didn't. Maybe because it was so smart that it knew that it wouldn't just be wait it out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let every all the pieces are falling in place. All the yes. pieces are falling in place. Uh, yes, we got them. We got them. <laughs> Um, did you also notice how Janice didn't scream until the door was completely closed? It it was like uh, she 
up until that very second she had hope that he'd still be okay <laughs> yeah girl i mean like, uh he's not gonna make it honey i got you <laughs> so she didn't either. she didn't completely mourn until after the door was like sealed shut Right, which is another thing that happens multiple times throughout the movie, is that they are escaping giant rushes of water and are somehow able to close these hatch doors that are holding up immense pressure. So yeah. that's one thing I also really have to let go in this. There's especially you gotta suspend the- disbelief. You know? Oh yeah, I mean there is no way in hell that just two men can can do that but they do they they successfully close the hatch door and they're in the first portion of what seems to now be this giant fucking labyrinth to get out to safety that happens the tower explodes ll cool j is just (laughs) preach doesn't know anything that's going on yes, like whole time. <laughs> the, the guy gets his arm cut off like he's med backed out of there the helicopter crashes floods floods the lab like and he's just like chilling uh, like you know, he's, in a, he's in a pretty good mood he's do, yeah. doing some work in the kitchen yep he's and- watching the news <laughs> and he's watching some music or listening to some music on his boombox totally he just, just- doing whatever yeah he doesn't he's completely left in the dark about everything that's going on yes (laughs) and uh he actually thinks uh when uh the the lab shakes he actually thinks it's god that's doing this right the whole the whole time he thinks it's god right yes everything is revolving around god and what um yeah preach is doing (laughs) so i love that This is a lesson about the drinking. Let's just say I've learned No need to get all carried away. Show me your vengeful side. I know your wrath, Lord. And he gets washed away in a flood and one of the stairwells. And yes. It, it was pretty funny seeing him screaming as he's getting washed down the hallway, too. Yeah. Like, like he just thinks that you could tell that he thinks that at that moment he's like completely like fucked. Yeah, because he, <laughs> he sort of is. <laughs> he's not he, safe. he's not safe where he is any longer. Yeah, no. He, he doesn't even know what's going. Th- that's the thing. He doesn't even know what's going on. He doesn't even know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. He, that's why he thinks it's God and not the sharks. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. The surviving group get to level three to take the sub. The plan is to take the sub there two at a time. The sub comes back, pick up the other person back and forth. Yes. And the the sharks they they wreck the sub. They destroyed it. So they they know that they ride in it. So they destroyed the sub. So they so they can't escape. Because they're they're fucking out for they're out for blood. They're out for blood. They are the most vengeful sharks you you ever imagined. Yeah, I think I just got ahead, but like you see the the shark fin swimming into the facility, 
and that's the uh, that's the shark that goes after LL. And I thought that fin was pretty like chilling too. I Just, thought they uh, were all really good. All, all the fin, all the fin stuff was awesome. Yes, this one, I it could have, it might have been CGI and not practical, but it still did. I think they were very like realistic with the way they used the fins. I agree, and the these the texture of these sharks were like super shiny when they were out of water, which I found scary for some reason the the sharks being shiny yeah yeah they did at least they looked no they looked wet it's what they're supposed to be well yeah well well, sometimes shark skin is like um like leathery or or like like sandpaper sandpapery yeah and it seems like kind of matte but these sharks had like a shine to them that i just found to be an extra edge of like ferociousness so. Yeah, they they looked menacing. Yeah, they were good looking. They were good looking sharks. Uh huh. So, um, Preach is walking down a flooded hallway, looking for his parrot that's named Bird because yeah, you hear Bird, him where bird. are you, Bird? <laughs> and um, he says, "Hey, fat butt." I think the parrot is like his only friend, basically. Uh... Yeah, yeah, and he hears the parrot calling from down the hallway, like. Hey, hey, you dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the parrot knows less than LL in this movie. Yeah. Well, of course, you know, the parrot has his moment. <laughs> He's just shouting profanities down the hall. Yeah. You got a fat butt. <laughs> um, I got a lot to say about this. We get the whole, the sharks got smarter speech. Yes. Right? Um, yes. And um, when um, Franklin asks what what the hell is going on, how how are these sharks doing what they're doing? Why are they after us? And she says that like the result of like increasing their uh, the proteins in their brain, their brain got bigger and their brains got smarter. And and Janice reacting the way she re she reacted, be like, "You stupid stupid bitch! bitch. (laughs) How the fuck do they not know?" That's why, why, how are they just finding all this out now? I know. Um, so the only character. Her dude was behind this. Yeah. The only character at any point who um, gives sort of an inkling that they already know this is Carter. Carter. Yeah. And, and even if um, they didn't know officially, just seeing the way that the, their behavior is, wouldn't they ask questions beforehand, you know? Well, the Jan is obviously a shitty scientist. You know, she is dick riding that Skarsgård character, and she's kind oh, of yeah. along for the ride. So. But well, well, the, the Skarsgård character obviously knew that they were getting smarter, and he was responsible for for the sharks getting smarter as well. So, if Jan should be pissed off, she should also be pissed off at her uh, recently passed away. Man. Yes. Well, he's dead now. So now that he's dead, I'm not going to say a bad word about him. <laughs> well, okay. What if he survived? Would she have called him a stupid bitch? Maybe. maybe. You stupid bitch. Yeah, I thought you were going to really love that. I mean, I loved that. That was that was the line that I was saying you she delivers. Stupid like, 
bitch. She's tearfully, her face is all red and looking like shit. She's obviously mourning her partner who just died in a terrible way. And she she gives it to her. If, if, if anyone's the stupid bitch, it's Jan. Because yeah. uh, it doesn't it does doesn't take an idiot to notice that the sharks are getting smarter. Yeah. It's, it's pretty easy to tell. Yeah. They're sw- they're they're swimming backwards. Yeah. So she, <laughs> she missed she missed all of those signs and she's a stupid uh, bitch. She's she, supposed to be a marine biologist. Yeah, and she is she's putting the blame on Dr. McAllister, you stupid bitch. <laughs> nice nice deflection. Dummy. Yeah. Just what the hell did you do to those sharks? Their brains weren't large enough to harvest sufficient amounts of the protein complex. So we violated the Harvard Compact. Jim and I used gene therapies to increase their brain mass. Larger brain means more protein. As a side effect, the sharks got smarter. You stupid bitch. All right, so um, cuts back to LL. He finds a Playboy floating in the water. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which I would would love to. I didn't get a good enough look at it, but I would have loved to really go deep and look that up and see what issue it was. What issue that is? Yeah. What if the, the person, the person on the cover of that issue got credited on IMDb <laughs> that she was in Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> that would be amazing. As soon as he finds a playboy, he gets chased down by the shark. Yes. He hides in the kitchen. It's kind of like a um, cat and mouse. Like hide, a game of hide and seek between him and the shark. Which and is also scary. completely reminiscent of Jurassic Park. Oh, shit. I didn't even notice that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the the, ra- the raptor scene. Yes. Oh, so, wow. Just like in Jurassic... So, by the way, let's just mention, the shark emerges out of the water, huge gaping jaws. It eats his little bird like... Yeah. Uh, Hilarious. Little, a little Cheez-It, a tiny snack for him. He got <laughs> one, one gulp and that bird is done. And now the like chase... Like a jalapeno popper. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that was a tiny snack for him. So uh, the chase is now on between Preach and the shark, and he, just like in Jurassic Park, goes into the oven to evade this shark. Um, During the struggle, this genius shark turns it on with his nose. I I don't think that was intentional. I do. Oh, you yeah, think it was? <laughs> I do. I think this. I think this shark hilariously knows what a fucking oven is, knows how to work it, and decides to turn it on with his nose. Well, if uh, there's window, there's windows in that kitchen. They could have been spying on him. They had nothing to do but observe him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know if there are windows in there. Which I did think about. Like, do they know what he's doing? I don't know, but I just like to think that that's part of it because that's funny to me so he turns the oven on and ll is like are you fucking kidding me and so 
um, with the hatchet that he picked up a couple minutes ago in this uh, typhoon of water. He pulls it out of his pocket and begins to chop the ceiling of this oven, which we are implied that is now spilling gas into the room. Yeah, because he smells it. That's how he knows that the the, the oven got turned on. He right, it. right. So he's free and he emerges. It didn't take very long, but the entire time, you know, it's presumed that the room is filling up with gas. And he escapes and he's on his way out. And then he fucking flicks a lighter, a lighter and throws it, it in. And the it room- just... It, it just happens to be floating there. And the room fucking goes kablooey, which I find so funny. I'm like, this gas has been on for like two minutes. There's no way in hell. <laughs> <laughs> it just like, blew the entire room up. But that's okay. Well, I, think he, I think he threw it like right at the oven where the shark was, so it worked out. Uh, it, okay. it was just, it, it was just by co- <laughs> coincidence that okay. he found a, a lighter right there, though. <laughs> And I, I, one of the funniest scenes in this movie is when he's on the on the shelf, and they eat any the shark eats the bird, and it panic comes enough that he pulls the whole shelf down over yes. on top of him. I mean, that is <laughs> fucking scary, though. That is scary. I know, I know, but it's just so funny. It's like slow motion, and like, you see him just like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> the most of the stuff with LL is funny as hell. It is very good. I liked it. I liked it. It was, it's fine. So yeah, he blows up the room and then is that, are we down a shark now? Did he kill that shark? That, that shark died. Yeah. All right. So one out of three, we've got one down, which is yeah. great. He's definitely and, heroic. And what I was going to say about that scene was the first half of that scene was, was scary and suspenseful. And then it just got goofy really fast yes. with like the oven and, <laughs> the light in the lighter and just blowing up the shark. <laughs> you killed my bird. Yes, that's right. He he it, got revenge. He avenged. It was it. revenge. Yeah, yes. it was revenge. So, like I said earlier, the group goes to level three and they find that their submarine is trash because the sharks don't want them escaping. And Franklin proposes that they throw on some wetsuits and just swim on up. Let's He's, go. He, He's got balls. He's been through some shit. And he's he's kicked into survival mode. And he's ready to rally the group. He's something, this guy. He's no bullshit. Let's just say that. He's he's no bullshit. Right. So Scoggs thinks it's probably a better idea if they climb the elevator shaft instead. But uh, Susan says that it will cause the the whole level to flood out. But... um, I didn't really understand. I'll, I'll, we'll get to that in a minute. So uh, well, let's talk about the, the the monologue. The speech. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, he's proposing this. The crew is kind of fighting among themselves. And this is his moment to really mm-hmm. reel them in. And he's like, hey. What did he say? He's like, um, you think sharks are fast? Wait until you see ice. You it's almost like it's got a mind of its own. <laughs> And, and what you say is almost like they they killed a man for it, 
they got a taste for murder. Is that what he said? Yes, he does. <laughs> he said, you think sharks are tough? You should see ice. It kills like it's got a mind of its own. Like it got oh, yeah, a mind of its own, yeah. It, it knows that it killed the world once. It got a taste for murder and all this crazy shit about the ice. So now is the big moment where this character who has lived through this crazy ordeal is going to talk and speak on it. And yeah. it silences them. He completely It's like ultra his... inspiring. It's like an inspiring speech. This is the moment where he's like, put your bullshit aside, you know, no fighting. It's time to rally and get the fuck out of here. So he's he's trying to inspire the crew with this harrowing story of survival where you know we we escape the avalanche something and he confesses this this horrible thing you know he <laughs> says I, I i made a pact which i'm breaking now but you know seven of us survived the avalanche but only five of us made it out and i we swore that it was the snow that took the other two but it wasn't and he confesses to the group that man i think he's implying that the the party of seven turned on each itself and turned on each other because there was fighting within the group and two people ended up fucking dead as a result and, and, and you know in that situation if, if you murder somebody no one's gonna have any way of knowing Exactly. So, you know, he does say, I swore silence and I'm breaking it now. He seems to think that this war, this, this situation warranted telling them, you know, what really happened because he recognizes like we're in a fucked up situation. So he is, and maybe he was also saying like, if we end up in a situation where we get actually, trapped in here we could start murdering each other you know yeah and especially if we're not uh all on the same page here oh and, yeah in a, in a way like yeah i'm not fucking around I, yeah yeah gonna, you're gonna die before i die yeah so you know it's time to put our differences aside and rally together so we can survive this and, and this is a very powerful um delivery of of these lines and really intense in like the most samuel l style that we know him for <laughs> and uh dead in the middle of this this heroic speech you think water's fast you should see ice it moves like it has a mind like it knows it killed the world once it got a taste for murder when the avalanche came, it took us a week to climb out. And somewhere, we lost hope. Now, I don't know exactly when we turned on each other. I just know that seven of us survived the slide, and only five made it out. Now, we took an oath that I'm breaking now. Swore that we said it was the snow to kill the other two. But it wasn't. Nature can be lethal. But it doesn't hold a candle to man. 
Now you've seen how bad things can get and how quick they can get that way. Well, they can get a whole lot worse. So we're not going to fight anymore. We're going to pull together and we're going to find a way to get out of here. First, we're going to seal off this It was a complete shock. Because, Something terrible happens. <laughs> yeah, the shark just breaches out of the water and drags them in, and the 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 big shark shares it with the smaller shark. Yes, <laughs> he he jumps out of this water. Uh, Samuel is mid sentence in this tale of of survival and escape, and this shark just jumps out of the water from behind. Yeah. And swallows him in one fucking bite. Sorry to interrupt, but I was saying when when I was in eighth grade and saw this for the first time, I thought something was a little weird when it showed <laughs> like that super close up of his of his face. Yes, dude. Yes. Okay, that definitely led to it because it's like they they obviously didn't want you to see the full the full scene behind him and all this stuff and see it coming, and bam, that shark just takes him so yeah, i think everyone got the same reaction like oh i thought he was like the main character <laughs> yeah so rest in peace we lose samuel l at this point in the movie about like about halfway through and now the crew is left without our our main star to get out of this i wonder if there's a youtube compilation of every scene that samuel l has died in <laughs> I also feel like the picking order has definitely been established right now. This is now the second victim for the shark. And <laughs> it is an absolute demonstration that these things are here to fucking kill. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what Rappaport says. He's like, oh my God, it just ate him. It just jumped out of the water and ate him. Like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, he's not—he's not taking it too well at all. No. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, honestly, I, I probably would go in shock just like him. Like, I'm just gonna sit here and I'm not gonna move. You know? Yes. So he's like, I am not going any further. I am waiting right here until they come and rescue us. <laughs> and that's when he realizes, like, okay. There's massive flooding in that other room. The door is not going to hold, just like the Titanic. This shit is not going to be stable. He says that the pressure of water being flooded in this whole fucking thing that is Aquatica is just going to go down like a little brick house uh, of Legos. And he says that the legs will snap like toothpicks. And we will be SOL. So yeah. we have no choice but to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, because he, he he would have more of a chance of surviving these sharks than if he stayed in there and the place just collapsed on him. He yes. has more of a he has a more of a chance with the sharks. Yes. So you're not, the, you're not gonna survive that. No. No. Which are both bad options, to be frank. So, yeah. Yeah, they are. But one's one, you have like a little bit more of a chance. Yes. 
So they are they carry on to get themselves out of this place where I think they go through another. (coughs) Well, they yeah they go they go with uh, Plan B, which is climbing the the elevator shaft. Right, right. So when they opened up the door, that's what caused. um, Oh yes, was it was it like a pressurized room? So basically, with that room, so that room where the shark pops out of the water. They have that room itself is underwater, but there's an access to the ocean. So I was thinking for a while that like the pressure in the room in order to keep that water from shooting in would have had to be pretty great. But Josh said to me, no, it's just like, it's an air bubble keeping water from um, shooting up out of that hole. So, yes, as soon as they open the door, they release the air bubble and the water comes shooting in. And they also wait a long time before they exit. Dude, yeah. Like, don't you fucking know anything? These scientists are the stupidest scientists in the world. (laughs) Like, (laughs) so, and, and... They did a good job. Like, as soon as they open that door, they hear like a, like, it sounds like. Something's about to happen. Pressure. Yeah. And they, they realize, but it's like, you would have thought that they would be a little bit more aware of that and planned for it and kind of hurry. Yeah, they stood there. They stood there, waited for it. They waited for it. Yeah. It wasn't like, okay, guys, as soon as we fucking open this hatch. We get. We got to run. We got to hurry your ass and yeah. run for it. But no, they just literally chink, open the door and lazily step through. It, and- it's because it's because Samuel L. isn't around now to like push them. <laughs> yeah, to get reason or hurry them, corral them. Yeah. So they are, they're in, they, 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 are now facing this second thing flooding. It's a, the water, the elevator shaft is even smaller than these other big rooms that they've been working in. So it is filling up quickly. I mean, it is, and the elevator shaft is nothing but a huge, you know, uh, cylinder of air to fill with water. So they need to close the door, which has water, flooding rushing through and somehow Carter and Rappaport go underwater and the weight of only two men is able to close this door and then seal it behind them. Impossible. It would never fucking happen, but they do. So now it's Carter. Carter's a badass. Yeah. Carter has fucking muscle, man. He, he's the, he's, the muscle of this operation. Thank God for him. So they successfully closed the door and now they're stuck in this elevator shaft and it is like a horrible, horrible scene. There is yeah. burning fiery inferno above. above and so it's all falling down on them. Shitty water below. Yeah. Yeah. It's like two terrible things. Yeah. Fire, two things. Water. Would you rather burn to death or drown? No. Literally. Josh and I said this exact fucking thing at this point in the movie. 
we literally looked at each other and we said, drowning would suck. <laughs> and I said, yeah. Josh goes, that definitely seems like one of the worst ways to die. And I go, and burning. And he goes, yeah, that too. Those are two pretty shitty ways to go. And here the, the crew is faced with both of those things, potentially, if they cannot get through this next level. Yeah. This yeah. Next it's test. Yeah, it's a test. Yeah. So the remaining small shark <laughs> crashes the door. Bang. Floods the uh, the elevator shaft. (laughs) Carter. Even though it was locked. Even though they fucking sealed it. How do these sharks do that? I feel like even for a shark, ramming like a door like that would hurt them. (laughs) Hell yeah. Are you kidding me? Sharks are very, very, very sensitive in their noses. With their nose. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you're supposed to fight them off. You're telling me that this thing is like ramming its head into this like huge door okay fine it does it it open the door spring open and it's back on not only are we facing the room flooding completely but now there's a shark in this tiny fucking elevator well shaft. what carter does is pretty smart he opens up the door to the flooded level of two so it could like cut off like so like it the the it's gonna take longer for the water to rise, which is yes. a smart idea. Yeah, it is. So he buys them a little bit of time. And then the ladder collapses and Ooh. Janice falls in the water and she's taken by the shark. And what I gotta say is I was glad to see her go. Goodbye, Janice. Yes. So I liked that and I also I liked Janice's demise um not just because janice is super annoying but i felt like her death was the greatest homage to jaws really what with uh the beginning of jaws yes except you didn't see the shark in jaws but i understand what you're saying yeah getting getting pulled under yeah and like straddled in the mouth of it and it's whipping her around and stuff like that so i really i got yeah, that, that that was really cool see seeing her in the mouth of the shark like that yeah yeah i i think it could it could have been the most realistic uh of the deaths other than the arm getting bitten off right and um yeah these, these must be the hungriest sharks in the history of shark hunger because they are they're not just like killing these people they're consuming them completely yeah they are they are it's like a it's like an all-out buffet for them (laughs) yeah but so they they also kill just for the sake of killing too yes so she dies and they think that they're fucked but well now we're, we're we're down to Dr. Susan, Carter, and Rappaport. Yes. Right? And that's it. And, um, and, preach, and preach, the chef, preach. But he's yeah. in another location right so, now. So we have four so survivors at this point. Preach comes from up top and rescues the surviving people. Yeah, heroically. Right? And brings them safely into the third act of yes. the movie. And next thing you know, it's 4 a.m. It's crazy. it's crazy so Scoggs and Carter are going down to the 
flooded wet lab to try to drain the stairwell. Yes. Carter goes down to the wet lab as God waits in the hall, and he comes across the body of Dr. Whitlock. And that was an homage to Jaws as well, I think. I think that was Ben Gardner. Yes. uh, Ben Gardner's boat. Yeah, that that was a total homage to that. Absolutely. That, That was cool seeing his corpse like that. And honestly, like, that really would be fucking scary. If I was in the water with a corpse, no. But I also thought of this, too. Like, that made Carter lose his mind with a fright. But he witnessed somebody getting dragged into the water when he was like inside the facility and he and he just stood there and stared (laughs) (laughs) but but the course different different things do it for different people (laughs) yeah he he doesn't do corpses (laughs) no i i don't do corpses either so i'm with him yeah yeah so he, he goes up to the surface and he starts screaming and then Scoggs followed him, and he's wondering what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Carter observed that one of the monitors is blocking the panel, and he can't push it on his own, so they agree to do it together. On three. They push the monitor off. They hit the switch. I'm assuming that uh, drained the one level. Is, Is that what they were trying to do? They were... Hitting the switch to drain a level. To let some of the flooding go into a different place, yeah. Okay. But as soon as that happens, the giant Mako comes and rips Rappaport apart. like, (laughs) Or or rips him in half, I think. Yep, he does. Just like it's nothing. He completely uh, just rips this guy's torso in half in one bite. As he's getting mauled, though, it was sick, like how like the box was like sparking and so he's like uh, he's getting electrocuted and eaten at the same time yeah that was crazy he basically exploded it looks bad now with like the twitching legs but like the close the close-up of the mako mauling him was terrifying Yeah, yeah it is but i thought the twitching legs were also to imply just like how fast it killed him yeah. That, like, he still is firing. Yeah, like, that, it's know. like the, the nerve twitch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's scary. Scary. So, Carter narrowly escapes through a hatch, and that room gets flooded. Was that the very room that they drained? And he flooded it again? That's what I was thinking. It looks similar, so <laughs> that was a little unclear to me. Yeah, I, I wonder if they did all that work just to reflood the 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 area again, because he was just so desperate to escape. We're going backwards. <laughs> yeah, he was. He like got eaten for nothing, basically. Well, the task was accomplished, so <laughs> it wasn't fully for nothing, right? <laughs> now, how about Preach's video that he did? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, so Preach finds a camcorder floating among the wreckage, and it works. So despite the fact that it's been soaking in water and that it's 1999, and so it's not busted, 
But yeah, he pulls out the camcorder and he starts recording a video and he says, hey, you know, who, if you're watching this, I did not survive. So this is my legacy. And he says that, you know, he he wanted he tried his best to be the best man that he could, the best husband, the best father. And now let me show you how to make a perfect omelet. It starts with two eggs, not three. And then he goes on to leave instructions for how to make a really yeah. good omelet. No, <laughs> after all these years I've seen this movie, I always thought I was like, okay, this is just a stupid gag. Ha ha, very funny. But now I've realized, you know, just like watching it very heavily, he really took pride in yeah. his omelet. Yes. And he, if he's going to die... He doesn't want the omelet to die with him. No. So he wants he wants this amazing omelet to live on. So yes. he's gonna just like this is like his message in a bottle. Yeah. Some people <laughs> some people like to add milk, but that's child's play. <laughs> like, he's so funny. So I liked that a lot. <laughs> I think I understand what he's trying to say. I think you're supposed to use like half and half or something. Uh, th- I don't know where he's going with it because, like, I put cream and milk, or uh, I put cream and eggs sometimes, or like half and half if I've got some. Yeah, that's it right. Makes it yeah. nice and fluffy. Yeah, exactly. But Fluff. he said that that was for amateurs. So uh, also half and half for mashed potatoes. Oh yeah, for sure. Pretty yeah. good. Oh yeah, pretty good. Then he goes down to throw the tape into the water when Carter rushes up and he helps Carter once again. And now we got a showdown between McAllister and the remaining 12 footer. Where was she at that time? How did she get to her office? Was she trying to, I think that it was her living quarters, but how did she get separate from the group? She snuck off. I don't know how she got, uh, unless it was on the same level. Yeah. It's just like all of a sudden we're in her laboratory or like her, research space which is where she was practicing on the model the dummy model of the shark yeah because we get that little gag i think that she was because she's so fucking crazy about this science she's done i think she split off to go and get her files yeah that's what she was doing yeah she told she she told preach that she said I got to go to my living quarters because I have some uh, data that I need to okay, get. Okay, so that so yeah, so she's going to go get the floppy disk. Yeah, she, the floppy. <laughs> which I love that in the very beginning there is a shot of her like putting it into the zip drive, and I was just like, oh my god, this is amazing. So <laughs> yeah, so she goes to try and retrieve the floppy disk. But surprise, the shark is loose in her office. Yeah, lurk, lurking at her from from afar. The, the the fin just comes up as she's at her locker, Which and is that scary. So good. Yeah, it looks good. It is scary. It is convincing. I love it. It, it like, I it, love like it. Pr- it plays on people's irrational fears about sharks being in like the pool or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In like a contained area, an indoor building. Like if your basement floods, 
you know, don't worry about it. But like there, there might be a shark fin in there. So yeah. I loved it. It was very scary and good. And I, I liked it. So it, the way the, the, the shark is swimming towards the camera, it, it almost like looks like, like if this thing is coming at you, you're fucked. That's what it looked like to me. It's a killer. It is it is death incarnate. It, there's no getting away. This thing is a fucking assassin. Yeah. yeah. Speeding at you with this intent. Like, I don't think sharks really do that in real life, but in the movie, it's scary <laughs> as fuck. It's scary. They're very, very scary. So, so wh- why does she take off her wetsuit? So, uh, she, yes, she, she comes to her senses and decides that this thing needs to die. And she looks at a electrical box of some sort, basically. And so she realizes that the best way for her to do this is to electrocute the shark. So she rips, so she takes her, her wetsuit off and we see her panties and her bra, her classic (laughs) 90s babe moment. We can't have the female heroine kill the shark without her being naked, of course. (laughs) Yeah. So the reason (laughs) that she does this is because, have you ever heard people say, like, when there's a lightning storm, like, the safest place is to be in your car? Yeah. So do you know why that is? No, but I feel safe when I'm in the car when there's a storm. (laughs) Okay, okay. So I know about that. The reason that the car is the safest place during a storm is because if you if your car gets struck by lightning, the your car's wheels are rubber, right? Uh-huh. And so electricity conducts through almost everything. Uh, you know, if I were to touch the end of a, a, a something electric, it would con- it would conduct through my body into you know whatever else or or electrocute me so she stands on her wetsuit because it's made presumably of rubber and it's considered an insulator and that's what grounds her so she cannot get electrocuted just in case now that's what it's supposed to be doing but i looked at this scene everything is fucking wet She's 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 already wet. Her wetsuit is already wet. wet. There's water everywhere. This would never fucking work in a billion years. She would get zapped in an instant. Oh, yeah. She would have died. She would have, yeah, yeah, she definitely would have. But everyone would have died. The shark would have died, too. This is a movie. This is a perfect scenario of this idea playing out. She yanks, which I couldn't even do that with brute force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, she, she just ripped it right out like it was Yeah, nothing. She, she fucking rips like, this like, metal electric thing out of the wall, and she just, like, shoves it at the shark, who does eat it. Again, electricity is so fucking powerful, and what we're supposed to believe is that this thing is surging with electricity, that, like, it would literally kill the shark in a fucking instant. But no, it chokes and chomps and eats on this fucking electrical thing. Never mind the fact that the electricity would be speeding through the water. That's why if you she, she could have just threw that wire in the water, it would have done the job. 
Exactly. Because electricity conducts even faster through water. That's why if you're swimming in a pool and it starts thundering and lightning, they make you get out because if lightning strikes anywhere in that pool, everyone in it is going to be dead in an instant. Oh yeah. So it doesn't, it's it's bad. It's bad when electricity gets wet. It's bad. Yes. Yes. That's why like, so we have a little kayak place right outside my house. And like the second we were supposed to go kayaking and it thundered and they were like, you have to wait 30 minutes now. And we waited for like about 15 and it kept thundering. So we were like, oh, fuck it. We'll just come back another day. So yeah. like you, it's very, very, very unsafe to be anywhere near water when like if you're, day. if you're on like a sailboat, especially like with that, like the metal pole and stuff. Yes. Dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, a storm broke out the other day um, out of my balcony and it's like this huge cloud just comes over like a blanket above and all of the boats outside were just speeding home as fast as they they were creating huge wakes which they're not allowed to do but they were everybody was speeding their ass home because you can it's not it's the least safe place to be so she takes her her wetsuit off to to ground her because rubber is one of the few things on earth that will stop and not co- conduct electricity so it, it's considered an insulator um from that uh, being able to electrocute you so she shoves it into the shark's mouth and it takes a long ass time for this shark to die it is yeah the shark was fighting it oh yeah it is biting on this fucking electrical thing even though you would think that it would just like swim away but whatever she does this it's this very profound moment because crazy scientist is killing her baby she's killing the thing that is the key to her success in her research that she is so passionate about as demonstrated throughout the entire film. And so she has kind of a redeeming moment where she murders this shark in the situation. Yeah. So and her dead. disc d- got destroyed too. Yes, it did. Yes. Fuck. Yeah. I loved that shot. And the camera turns <laughs> over and there's yeah. this fucking melted ass floppy disk floating in the water. And she yeah. looks at it. She's like, ah, darn it. <laughs> like, yeah. Ah, rats. <laughs> yeah. So bye bye. There's all her work down the drain. And yep. I, I loved that. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah. So she's fucked but she she puts her wetsuit back on and she she rejoins the crew somehow and now we're all together again trying to make our way out and it's just her sarah it's the chef slash preach hello cool j and carter yep and uh this is where we get like uh right before they escape the hatch there was there was a line here where i where carter said and i was like Ooh, tough guy. So when he was like, <laughs> I never went to class. I was like, oh, you're so tough, Carter. He said that? Yeah, yeah. Because like, uh, LL says to him, you were never the smart kid in class. And Carter's like, Ooh, I never went to class. What a badass. Oh, my God. Badass. He always, he wow. always, he's a badass. He's uh fight sharks for a living, and he always skips school. Wow. He's so tough. Carter, yeah. my hero. <laughs> we get the uh, another another like big speech with LL doing like a prayer, right? Can we get an amen? Oh, we get yes. a- <laughs> oh my god, yes. 
So they're about to get out. They're all holding hands. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so being all dramatic, saying like something about like, what what did he say? He's like, I got a big stick and I'm the meanest motherfucker in the valley. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Oh, he about did to, say that to, though. He literally yeah. said that. He's like, I'm the meanest mother. So like he he's sort of using the structure of some prayer, um, obviously, to get them out. And basically, they're. They're facing escape from a very high point in this this place, and they cannot reach it. There's no there's no ladder or anything. So they decide, okay, we're gonna have to flood this room. As the water rises, we will float up with it, and we have to yeah. just kick and you know dog paddle and get yourselves. So they're holding hands while this water is pushing them to the surface. That pissed me off because I'm like, I would not be wasting my hands holding them i would be dog paddling but whatever they they're able to do it up they go to the surface that would be the scariest part to be honest with you yeah hell yeah so they arrive at the surface of aquatica to just see complete desolation it is on fire in multiple places and half sunk and this is a part where I really stopped for a moment and thought, damn, this must have been expensive because there are the little movie? patches. Yeah. Hell yeah. There's a lot going into this. And I really thought I saw it as like a classic movie set. I saw it as like the old school rides at universal where they, yeah, shoot that's off what it looks little, like. It does. It's it, They shoot off a little fire over here, a little over there, you know, a little water spilling, like the earthquake one or like the old jaws ride or the mummy ride that involved pyrotechnics and water. Yeah. And I was like, not bad. Yeah. Like no, this. this was a big Hollywood film. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, got all, it got a lot of hype before it was released. Yeah. Hell yeah. They, they did a making the video about LL Cool J. Yeah. Oh yeah. They got, yeah. Got the video. Yeah. I remember it came out like the same time as Lake Placid. And I was like, Yes, what I am I gonna, Am I going to see Lake Placid or Deep Blue Sea? I remember, like, I remember that being a debate between like hmm, shark movie, alligator movie. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. saw Lake Placid. I waited for VHS. I waited for VHS for this. Uh, I was uh, like, oh, shark first. <laughs> so, so LL gets pulled under the water by the big shark and he fights it off with his cross by stabbing the shark's eye with his cross. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I mean, he is stabbing it. Well, it they're they're on the surface, and there's pretty much like a giant pool caged in, and that's when they realize they are trying to flood this thing. Okay, all right. That's what I've been meaning to. That's why I said I got I got a lot of questions here. I wrote yeah. down the quote. He said, Carter said after they get LL out of the water. And they he they see the sharks ramming the gates. Yes, he said they've been hurting us, pushing us where they want, using us to flood the facility. I never understood what that meant ever since I like the first time I saw it. What so what what is what do they mean using them? Is this before they took down the whole facility? That's how the the shark got out before. So. I, he, I I was also a little confused by that because 
when he said they've been hurting us for me that implied okay the sharks have driven you three to the surface surrounded by fence where it knows that you cannot escape but then it goes to say that it's been trying to flood this place because it wants the gates to presumably go down so it can escape i don't know the the thing about them hurting us here was confusing because i don't feel like that was the shark's intention um i think that what he's trying to say is that really the sharks want to be free because that's where the line comes from he said just like you said he, he says what does a whatever pound mako shark think about and he says freedom about the deep blue sea yeah and imply, <laughs> implying that what this shark wants more than anything is to be free of this stupid fucking aquatica and well, so don't blame him yeah i don't blame him either but that doesn't scream herd the humans into a corral them into a fenced in area so that I can get free. I don't I don't know why he said that. So I was also a little confused. Maybe he thinks maybe that's his theory, I guess. Maybe. So they uh, realize that, that makes sense. I think they're giving the sharks a little too much credit. <laughs> because I I, I, I I don't know because Susan's uh, she seems to believe it too. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what she says. We have to kill her. Like, like, no shit. (laughs) Yeah, that's the smartest thing you've said this whole time. Yeah, we have. Just how, like, she said it. We have to kill her. We have to kill her. (laughs) Yes, yes. She says, "You're right, baby. We do have to kill her. So let's go." And they they embark on this plan to try to kill by emptying the flares, right? Because uh, the the black powder in there is uh, it's explosive. Is that's the plan, right? I was a little Put, unsure about that too. There's this massive blow up. I don't was know epic. where that came from. I don't know where this giant. I don't know. I, I got lost. I think, I think I had to rewind it. So I I think that they emptied the flares, the the black powder, into the harpoon. Okay. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. The harpoon was connected to a steel cable, and you put the end of the cable to the batter to the positive side of the battery, and it causes okay. explosion. Okay. okay, so that I mean, okay, that works. That works. So, so Susan jumps in the water to distract the shark or use Susan, use herself as bait. Yeah, yeah, Susan cuts the palms of her hand, which since the day I first saw this movie has bothered how, me. Why? It, how thick and juicy it is? The blood? I hate everything about it. The hands are so sensitive. And to imagine cutting your own palm in a deep way, oh my God, it gives me the fucking chills. I don't like that at all. Piece so, of rusty metal. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Like, what the fuck? So she does that right in the palms and she says, come to mama. And she jumps in the water. And like this, the the tiny little sniff of blood is enough to turn the shark around and go in the direction <laughs> that they want it to. But then I'm thinking, like, isn't there already a shitload of blood in the water because it just took off with LL's fucking leg in its mouth a second yeah, ago? Yeah, but 
if but but it didn't but uh he got out of the water though yeah but there's still blood in the water could have could have diluted really fast uh, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna give the movie the benefit of the doubt on that one and it's a different person's blood so he sniffs yeah. he takes one sniff of the blood and he's like oh hell no i'm going to get this bitch so he turns around <laughs> and heads her direction yeah and the shark eats her like immediately like that yeah like all all her chunks just chomp 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 chomp, chomp in one if, bite if you ever played the jaws video game for playstation did you ever play that like you play as a shark and you just rip the rip people apart and just swallow them that's i had the game but i was terrible at it joey loved it (laughs) my brother that's what that's what it was sort of like yeah but but the the shark tries the same exact thing with carter and he just like does some like some like crazy like superhero shit with it yes like he's like he's like quicker than the shark Yes, he's the only one who's quicker than the shark. So, yeah. he, the shark tries to the shark tries to eat him the same way. He just ate Susan, and he just like dodges the shark and rides the fin. Like yeah, he grabs on the orca. fin like a fucking action hero. This is like the fourth time in the whole movie that he's grabbed on the fin and taken the shark for a ride. And now it's up to LL Cool J to yeah. shoot the shark with this fucking loaded harpoon. Which he, which he does. Yeah, but, but it hits Carter through the leg. <laughs> goes through the leg into the dorsal fin. Yes. So LL was unconscious during the, the plan. Uh-huh. So I don't know how he knows exactly what to do. But he takes the cable and puts it to the positive side of the battery. Which took so long. This shark is hauling ass through the water. And this cable is in a, in a circle on the deck. And it's like... Unfurling. How, how did like, Carter get free though from the harpoon that was still in uh, the fin? So this is what I think. So the shark, the shark is ripping it across the water. Carter catches himself on the fence yeah. as the shark swims past it, and I think the harpoon rips out of his leg. Carter is yeah. caught caught on the fence. The shark goes onward, and at that very moment, LL touches the cable to this battery, and the and shark boom. goes kablooey. And it was like when when uh, the shark and Jazz blew up, but this one was just like Fucking way more massive. massive. Yes, yeah. it was so, so much blood, like so and guts and chunks. Come yeah. raining down out of the sky, splashing violently into the water below, like like ca- causing like super chum. This would attract even more sharks. Yes, it would, but at least they're not smart. <laughs> yeah, but it still would attract a bunch of sharks. A ton of them. So that happens, and and they sit there stranded, like in uh, the thing. Well, they're sitting there. You know, shooting the shit. Both of them are pretty wounded. Like, that harpoon went through his leg. (laughs) And it obviously didn't get removed in, like, a nice way. It, like, ripped out the other side. Yeah, he would be definitely injured. Yeah, fuck yeah, they both are. LL has a shark bite to the leg. And Carter has this harpoon through the leg. So, they're probably bleeding a little bit into this water. And then they're like... 
Are you sure there was only three? <laughs> Just uh, three, three in that con contained area. Yeah. This is, the, this is the fucking ocean. There's gonna be a lot more sharks coming. So, uh, so Carter's like, "All right, LL, good point." And he's yeah, he, good. That was wiggles, a good point. He wiggles his feet out of the water onto yeah. the platform that they are seeking refuge on. And the the um, the other workers there. On their boat, on the way to work, they're all dancing. Here they come. <laughs> <laughs> they're just always dancing. They are on their work party boat on the way to return after what uh, seemed like only like one night. But so they come, they come back, and they're, they're probably just like, "What? What? What? What happened?" They're horrified, obviously, <laughs> and they're like, "What the fuck is this?" Because the whole thing is blown up. <laughs> so yeah, there, some... they, they see their place of work on fire and decide, okay, I need to rescue these guys. You, you know how many times I've prayed, like previous jobs I've had would just like burn <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> I know just these like, guys got lucky. Uh, if I <laughs> if I'm if I'm lucky, I'm gonna be going drive up to work. You're like, you're not going to work today. I'm not going to work tomorrow either. Sorry. Sorry. Like when yeah. I worked at the grocery store, I'm, uh, if I'm lucky, just going to burn down and I don't have to think about this place ever again. Yeah. I'll never see you. I'll be gone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, that's that's Deep Blue Sea. And we get the credits with LL song. Deep credits Blue's. roll. Cut My to head the... is like a shark fin. What? Credits roll. We cut to the dopest rap song of the '90s. Hell yeah, that song was awesome. It was that, back then when I, that, that used to play on the box constantly. That song. Oh my god, the box. Yeah, the like, box. Yeah, what an absolute treasure. And I thought that video was incredible. I saw the video before I saw the movie, and and his eyes. His eyes go all black like a shark. It's just yeah. He, he turn he turns into a shark. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's like a were shark. Oh man, <laughs> a were shark. Yes. So, overall, what did you think of the film? Okay, obviously. How many, this... how many stars out of five as well? If you don't mind, oh, if I could put no. you on the spot like that. Uh, it's got to be like a three and a half or four. I mean, okay, it's, that's a high number. It's high for me because it's so near and dear to me, but like an actual number is like a three. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. What do you think of it overall? Overall, Just... I mean, there there is a lot of merit to it. It's it's difficult to judge today because this movie is, you know, twenty four years old now. Oh, so old now. Yep. yeah, time time has passed. Um, when it came out, big blockbuster movie. People cared about it. A lot of people watched this. It had Samuel L. Jackson, who was a pretty big star at the time. I mean, he is a humongous star today, but even then, he was a big name. Yeah. And um, lots of money was clearly spent on this with the water and the fire and the set. And it was a new endeavor into computer graphics, which was also not the 
you know, it was pretty new at the time. It wasn't like something that had been done for decades and decades at that time. And they took a stab at it. So it was groundbreaking in a lot of ways like that. And did it hold up well? Not really. Was the script well written? No, that's the biggest detriment to this movie right. is how shitty the dialogue is. <laughs> Even the story itself isn't terrible. I mean, the idea of creating like mutant, intelligent, vengeful sharks is pretty fucking awesome. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think so, too. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't be against I wouldn't be against if some somebody invested in a r- remake of yeah. it's been 25 yeah. years. Maybe well, you know, could... there's Deep Blue Sea two and three. Right. Which were just no more than sci fi original stupid movies. Yeah, I haven't they, seen either. I saw I saw the second one, but. I was only half paying attention, and it was me and Dave Heck at the Lansdale house, <laughs> just like probably like smoking and just laughing at it because it was so dumb, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think also the song was huge at the time. It had LL Cool J, who was just like an amazing star at that time. So, yeah, it had a lot, it has a lot going for it. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say for me, I I think it's a two out of five. All right, and uh, just because it's kind of low doesn't mean that it do, I don't hold it dear to my heart because I because I do. Um, I think it's gotten better with with age. Yeah. Um, even w- when I was younger, I thought it was kind of like I I saw the corniness when I was a kid. Now I'll forgive. Now I'm gonna for, I'll forgive the corniness a little bit. Yeah, I think the dialogue is complete dog shit, and no it's one terrible. no one talks like this in real life, like the the way people were talking in the movie. Yeah, and, and um, but like, and I thought the CGI was also terrible. I know it was I know it was 1999, but I I think I still think I, I've still seen other stuff that has better cgi that's like jurassic park is like 93 and it's cgi still holds up today yeah i mean you can tell but it is still good yeah so like the cgi and deep blue sea was just a little too distracting now because now we have good special effects yeah i i prefer practical effects and i thought i thought all like the the practical Shark stuff, all, like the the um, animatronic sharks, looked incredible. Agreed. And whoever whoever designed those sharks <laughs> did a great job, and the sharks looked amazing. And they were when scary. They, they were scary. They were they were they were they were, they were very very terrifying. And Deep Blue Sea pretty much revamped shark movies again. Like there was kind of like. There wasn't many shark movies going on after like Jaws the Revenge, really. They had yeah. that shark shark attack in the in the nineties, which was like a direct to video a Jaws ripoff, which was just okay. But like they brought they brought it back to the cinema, and I remember seeing the trailer at the movies when I was seeing like Wild Wild West or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I saw the and I saw the trailer for Deep Blue Sea. 
and I got so fucking excited for Me it. Me too. Like, I remember. I was like, yeah, I was like, holy shit, what is this? Is this a new Jaws movie? No, I was, I was huge into Jaws. Yeah. And I was like, as soon as that trailer ended, I heard some other kid be in the audience who's like, that looks good. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so I was so excited for it. And it is, you get what you pay for with it. Chitty dialogue, cool shark attacks. Um, it The dialogue really does fuck up the movie a lot, so you don't care for many of the characters. Yeah. But on a nostalgic level, I enjoy watching this movie, even though it's stupid. It's not a good movie. Awful, actually. Awful, right? actually. But, but, um, <laughs> but it's still enjoyable, and it has great rewatch value. Yes, it does. That's why I'm giving it a three, because I do feel like it's aged like fine wine. Yeah, exactly. And for me, there is a level of nostalgia to it, and that's part of it. So, yeah, the Deep Blue Sea two and three doesn't exist to me. No, they they they're not gonna have the. It's not gonna have the same. I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll have the same effect. I, like <laughs> I said, I don't really remember. Deep Blue Sea 2 that well. The only thing I remember is there was, there was a scene where there was little baby sharks attacking. Aww. Yeah, there were, there were just little babies and they were like basically like piranhas where they were small and they were just chopping in, in school. And they were, when they were jumping out of the water trying to attack the people, they were squeaking. Oh, that's so cute though. I love it. Probably uh, yeah. none of the same actors. Well, it can't be any of the same actors because they all yeah. died. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure, it, and I'm pretty sure in in the second one they were. I think in the second one there were bull sharks. In hmm. the third one, in the third one they were great whites. Maybe I'm not sure. Well, they say bull sharks are technically the most dangerous. They are the most dangerous, yeah. and you should feel most unsafe around bull sharks because you could be like in the I Mississippi bet. if you're like fishing on the Mississippi River or something and you're like waist deep in waist deep in water a bull shark could attack you yeah even um, they've swam even into the Great Lakes like they found a bull shark in Lake Michigan wow that's a so, long journey it's it a long journey day. but but they do it yeah they do crazy so, that's deep blue sea you know, deepest, it was deepest bluest. My hat, shark. Like a shark yeah. fan. Great movie. Just joking. The movie is enjoyable, but it's not good. Let's just <laughs> put it at that. Yeah. It was. It was fun talking about it, though. Yes. All right. So that was Deep Blue Sea, everybody, and that wraps up my aquatic monsters that will kill you series. Next year, I plan on making it longer. Um, I just had a baby not too long ago. Yay! She, she's going to be two months old next week. So, you know, I've been really busy doing that. And I love doing the podcast. But, you know, obviously the baby comes first. And this is actually wraps up my season two of the show. And I will be returning in September for season three. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to having people on. Britt, I hope you could come back ASAP. 
Yeah. We 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 got to talk about other movies like we find classic nostalgic nostalgic yeah totally yeah, classic <laughs> and that that was fun. I enjoy this was a fun episode. So yeah, thank you for asking me. You know, this is one of our all time faves. So this was of course a perfect introduction. <laughs> Yeah, of course. I'm looking forward to having you back. And everybody, I'll see you in September and enjoy the rest of your summer. Till then, later. <laughs>